This week on For Crying Out Loud. Let's, have, um, let's, light, let's lighten it up. Okay, let's lighten it up. How about this one? Amanda McIntyre McCormick says, I'm curious to find out what Lynette thinks of Adam's grooming theories, <laughs> especially how she feels about his talking it up. Talking up. What grooming? <laughs> Check out an all-new episode of For Crying Out Loud this Friday or go to cryingoutloudshow.com only from Corolla Digital. This is Corolla Digital. Hello, my little bread baskets. It's me, Allison. Before the show officially starts, a few quick words. Today's show is brought to you in part by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF for your free audiobook download. I don't know how you guys are currently reading books. I don't know if you're still doing it the old-fashioned way with the actual turning of pages. Step into the now, you guys. You should be listening to audiobooks. Audible is the Internet's leading provider of spoken word entertainment. They have over 100,000 titles. It's closer to a bazillion, jillion titles. And they have every genre. So you don't have to just like New York Times bestsellers or nonfiction, although they have a ton of those. Perhaps you like um, spirituality or sexuality or mysteries or science fiction. I could list all the genres. I'm not going to. I'm just going to say they have a huge selection and you can listen to a book just like you would this podcast. It goes straight into your ear holes. I would recommend you listen to something that'll make you seem smart. Deanie by Judy Bloom. In the book, she masturbates with a washcloth and she has scoliosis. Um, that was, it was a joke that that one would make you sound smart. Although, I am a big Judy Bloom fan and I read all of her books when I was younger, including Deanie. So... You could also, if you want to go, if nostalgia is where you're headed, listen to The Westing Game by Ellen Raskin. Do you guys remember that book from when you were young? I was pretty spellbound with the way it all came together. It's a murder mystery. You know, or listen to books for adults. Really, it's up to you. I'm just saying, if you want to listen to some nostalgic titles, then we could reminisce together. I know I would enjoy that. So, you guys, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF. Sign up for your free trial and get your free audiobook download. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial today. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash BFF to get your free audiobook today. So quickly, I want to go back to when I called you guys bread baskets at the beginning. I recently told a friend that I wanted to be buried with a bread basket. I said, just throw it in the casket with me. But I changed my mind. I want to be buried in a bread basket. And then if there's an afterlife, I'll eat my way back, back to this earth. Um, And do me a favor, throw in some butter. Don't skimp on the butter. And though I like salted, make it unsalted because I don't want to come back bloated. And if you're wondering if I want jam or marmalade, the answer is no, because I don't want to spend eternity sticky if things don't go my way. Okay. I also want to tell you guys about GoToMeeting. It's summer. It's hot. You're on vacation. You're in Jamaica. Possibly you're in Jamaica, Queens. Regardless, you just got an email from someone saying that they need to have a face-to-face meeting in the office. So basically, you have two choices. You can get out of the pool, hop on a plane, go back to that stinky, sweaty office, and see your coworkers face-to-face. These same coworkers you're trying to basically avoid, if I know you, which I do. Or you can just hop on your computer and use GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix. You can also do this on your iPad. 
And then you can just meet with them and you don't even have to get out of the pool. Let's say you're buried up to the waist in sand. As long as you still have your hands, as long as you didn't bury those, you can still meet with them from your perch at the beach. Let's say you're in a hula hoop competition. As long as you're good from only swivel, if, if you can swivel, just waist down, waist down swiveling, but hold pretty much still waist up, you can meet with them that way. Or you could just be relaxing in some kind of chaise or at a coffee house or in your house. What I'm saying is don't go to the office. Office, that's gross. The office is gross, you guys. I think you know that. Um, do what's most convenient and will allow you to enjoy your life the most which is just meet from the comfort of wherever you are using go to meeting with HD faces. Gary and I use this all the time. It works really well. The sound quality is great because of the HD. You can see each other well and you can collaborate on documents and whatnot. It is super convenient and super efficient. And, um, that's what it's all about. You know what it's not about? It's not about having to eat up your entire day, having to schlep your buns, to a meeting, or if you're going to a potluck, literally having to schlep buns. Don't do that. Just, just use go to meeting. Work smarter this summer with go to meeting with HD faces. And my listeners, that's you guys can try it free for 30 days. Don't wait for this special offer. Visit gotomeeting.com, click on the try it free button, and use the promo code Allison. That's me. That's why that's the promo code. Be sure to use the promo code Allison. Okay, real fast, an iTunes comment of the week. Allison wants your iTunes comments. Allison wants them. Yes, she does. Please leave her some iTunes comments. And don't forget to click five stars. All right. I love Allison and Gary. That's what this one says. I didn't think I needed another podcast in my life, but after realizing that Allison is my favorite part of Corolla's podcast, I decided to give it a... I was just biting my finger. That's why it sounded like podcast. Um, I should not do that. Podcast. I decided to give it a listen. Now I am hooked and sad that I am quickly catching up on the episodes I missed. What will I do when I can't hear a new episode every day? I will cry. And then I will remember one of Allison's jokes and laugh. Thanks. Thanks, commenter. Um, I love you. And I love the rest of you guys, too. Uh, And if you would like to send in a comment, or rather leave me a comment, go to iTunes, leave a comment, click five stars whether you think it deserves it or not. I think we can all agree that it does. And then maybe I'll read one of your comments. Um, I was going to read another one, but I feel like we are running out of time because I have just just wasted too much time talking about all sorts of miscellany and whatnot. So next time, next time more comments. Okay. I am currently cock-blocking you guys from the episode you want to listen to. It's like it's like the episode is right outside the doorway and you're trying to head that way and I'm in the doorway trying to have a conversation with you and you're just like, I just want to get ah, You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to get out of the way. This episode, the guest was Bert Kreischer. I really enjoyed talking to him. He's really funny and interesting and has crazy stories and he's just a nice guy. So please enjoy it. I know you will. I love you and I will see you or talk to you or both next week. Okay, bye, you guys. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with her good times never end. Allison Rosen, do him a way because he dance again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. 
Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend. My guest today, the man who you may have heard laughing in the background, is, and right now, is Bert Kreischer. And uh, he before the show started, I said, so Bert, comedian, writer, host, I just wanted to make sure I had all of his info correct. And he said, don't worry, I'm very good at plugging and talking about myself. I'm a whore. And then I said, that's the perfect guest. And then Gary said, Allison is as well. And I said, thank you. <laughs> he, he And he meant whore. Oh, yeah. Not really. But so anyway, so then we start talking and it's like, let's save all this great stuff for air, which it's is such, now. It's such a pain in the ass when you interview someone. The premise that everyone knows who you are is such an annoying premise. Like the, yes. the idea that someone would sit down and go, go ahead, or that they get offended that you don't know anything about them. Yes. I mean, I driving over here, I was like, I was, I've was, i been trying to start my own podcast for a while. I've just shot them, but I've never posted them up anywhere. And um, and Joe, Joe Rogan is a big advocate of me doing it. And he's like, I'm fucking coming to your house. We're doing one. I will take that copy. I will put it up, and I will make you do a podcast. Here's the problem, though. I was driving over here. I was like, poor Allison has to fucking research me. <laughs> I can't imagine Googling me. Well, you're actually a lot of stuff comes up for you, which is nice. I do have a lot. Yeah. My di- when, it, my, when I first got the job at the Travel Channel, the president sat me in her office. She was oh, where new- you host Trip Flip and yeah. give people the trip of a lifetime? <laughs> Look at that. Look who just did her job. Thank you, Wikipedia <laughs> and and Google. So when she sat me down in her office, she had just gotten the job and she was like, she was like, uh, I just want to let you know your digital footprint leaves something to be desired. <laughs> Like, what really? a weird way of saying something. She's and- a, yeah. She's the president of a network, so she was she was like that's like that's their jargon. Yeah. Of, I Googled you and what came up was ass wax. Does that <laughs> If you Google Wait, me, that's it- the first oh, thing is- that comes up. Oh, is that what she meant? She meant that she didn't like what came up. I thought she meant oh, yeah. that you were leaving too small of a digital no, footprint. No, 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 no. A disgusting one. Right. Exactly. I was leaving them tracks throughout the yeah, house. A digital skid mark. Digital skid mark, exactly. Right. Because you had a show. Or a segment on a show called Hurt Burt. I yes. had a TV show called Hurt Burt. I had okay. a segment on a show called Hurt Burt, and then I and then that became its own TV show. Now, what channels were those on? FX. That was back in the day. And originally, Hurt Burt was a segment on which show? Hurt Burt was a segment on the X show. Okay, and then Hurt Burt became its own show. And then Hurt Burt became its own show. Yeah, I did this thing called the Ass Wax, and uh, it was like right before Jackass was coming out. I was going to say this is kind of. I, I feel like they uh, they stole your. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, actually, not even remotely. Uh, uh, the premise came off because I'm J- Jillian Barbary. You know, Jillian oh, yeah, Barbary? I do. Okay. Jillian, who does not remember me, oddly enough, hmm. I did a TV show with her for fucking two years. I ran into her at, the, at a Red Bull event. I was like, Jillian. And she goes, Hey, and how do I know you? And I was oh, like, Oh, God. My God. We were on a TV show for fucking two years together. Are you shitting me? So- that is my fear. That, cause oh. even, that's my fear is someone comes up to me that, that I should know and I give them. My the way I treat someone who's approaching me after a show, bullshitty kind of thing that I think is totally convincing and nice, but on some level I know that it's bullshit. If I'm afraid, I'm going to give that to someone that I know. I hate it because you don't. There is no other response to someone you don't know than to be vacant yes. and be like, "I yes, right, hi, yeah." And treat hey, what's you your like, name? Exactly. I <laughs> thank did, you so much. I I was in a I was. This is how I used to get upset. Not upset, but like just bent out of shape when people didn't remember me because I thought 
I'm so fucking memorable. That's such an arrogant thing to think, but I was thinking that. And Jillian didn't remember me, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then, of course, I go to, in my head to like, ooh, what, was she on drugs? Like, that's how fucking arrogant mm-hmm. I am. So then, cut to, I have a buddy named Cowhead who's got a radio show in Tampa. I ended up saying... On, I was in a band in college. Okay, this is a true story. I was in a band in college. We kicked out the guitar player. He was like, fuck you guys. I'm so much better. I'm going to start my own band, and you'll wish you had kept me in. We're like, good luck. He's, <laughs> he started a band called Creed, and the rest is history. Now, that, and whatever happened to him? That I tell him, Well, he's in a band called Alter Bridge now. <laughs> anyway, he was in my fraternity. I gave him his nickname. His name is Mark Tremonti. Mm-hmm. So he's the guitarist for, for Creed. Now, I genuinely... Oh, that's my phone. I'll turn okay. it off. Um I tell that story all the time because it's an interesting little footnote to have in your life. I tell my buddy Cowhead, who's got a radio show in Tampa, Cowhead has at, is at a party with Mark Tremonti and says, you know, I'm good friends with Bert. Mark's like, I have no idea who that is. And he's like, Bert Kreischer? And he's like, doesn't ring a bell. He's like, you guys are in a band together? And he goes, nope. And he goes, you were in the same fraternity? He goes, never heard of him. I gave him his fucking nickname. Not only that, not only that, here's the thing that was really driving me nuts. I was like fucking pissed. I was genuinely pissed because this was a benchmark in my life. Yeah. I was in a band with, that's like the, the tambourinist from the Beatles and George going, ah, did we have a tambourinist? You know, like, so I, and then it dawned on me. I was like, I forget fucking everybody. Yeah, I think when you, in your head, you can point to the person's forgetfulness as a sign that they now think they're hot shit. Oh. That's when it's easier to to make that jump, you know. Yeah, and yeah. yet, as as you know, you and I are both people who are afraid that we can be forgetful, and someone else could look at us and say, "Oh, they now think they're hot shit." And it's not any sort of hot shit thought. It's right. really just forgetfulness. Now, how many? Now, are you good with names? Actually, I've become terrible with names, and not so good with faces either. I used to be good, but now my go-to when I meet someone, when I'm meeting like a bunch of people, is to say, "What's your name?" But it doesn't ever sink in. No, no, no. This is what I do. Okay. I just go, "Hey, my name's Bert," That's and they good. go, "I know you, Bert." And I'm like, oh, "I just say that because I'm horrible with names." That's good. Please say your fucking name, mm-hmm. and then they're always like, "Don't say a thing," especially in comedy. Like you go to the, Im- I don't even go to the improv anymore because it gives me social anxiety. Like I got to go there tonight, and I'm already just fucking. Like, worried that I'm going to see someone that's younger than me that maybe I worked with for a weekend, got drunk with, had a meaningful drunk conversation with, and then they're going to go, Bert, and my wife will be there, and I'll be like, hey. Yes. I actually have – I have that social anxiety where I – in a moment, I can be around people that I see all the time, and I will blank on someone's name. Like, someone that I know well. Yeah. It's it's a weird sort of awfulness. So now I just hope that everyone around me introduces themselves. I feel like everyone should just start a sense with their name. Okay, wait. Two things. One time when I was high, I thought it would be a genius idea if we switched it and instead of me having to remember your name, you just said your name to me. Yes. So you'd go, hey, Allison, and then I'd know you were Allison, and I'd go... <laughs> It's good to meet you, Bert. And you go, oh, that must be Bert, right? And I was like, that's a genius idea. And then I told my buddy, and he was like, you're a fucking moron. He goes, how would you call someone in a crowd? You just yell, Bert. Right. Everyone would turn around. I was like, all right, fuck. All right, here's the other thing that's fun to do. It's we, flawed, but it is genius. It's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's needs like, a little more tinkering. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like uh, metal detecting running shoes. They, they're yes. so close. <laughs> With little shovels on the front. Like, uh, it would be great. Good. yeah. <laughs> so I like wait, it. Here's the other idea I had. Um... Oh, no, no. This is what we used to do in college. This is fucking... Oh, and then I have another one. And then I have another one. Okay. Um, This is what we used to do in college. We used to say someone's name just off by a letter and then see when they'd call us on it. Like if I called you Burl? Burl. (laughs) Exactly. But just kept doing it. Yeah. And introduced me to a large group of people as Burl. Like, hi, I'm Anison. This is Burl. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly... 
Oh. What do people where? Your, your laughter makes me think people usually think of Bart or something. Bar, I get Brent all the time. Mm, Brent, everyone, yeah. people go Brent or Brett, and I'll just and I just don't correct them. There was a girl in um, Florida, Florida State. There were two Berts at Florida State: Bert Bagley. I shouldn't say his last name, but fuck it, Bert yes, Bagley, and me, Bert Kreischer. I was an ATO. Bert was at KA, but we all we had the exact same friends because oddly enough, his best friend was my best friend growing up. So we shared a huge gro- group of friends. Like sliding doors, but with Berts. Sliding birds. Right. And there was a girl that was at 80 pie. And she came up to me at a party and started talking. a talk. lot of panhellenic stuff coming yeah, fast at me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm keeping up in that these are the names of sororities and fraternities. <laughs> Just turn your head backwards and give someone a fist bump. <laughs> so so, I, uh, so I, I, I see her at a party and she starts says, she says how's, how's Obi? And I said, good. She was like, hey, Bert. I go, hey. She goes, how's Obi? Good. That's, o- that's Bert, both of our best friends. And then she says, so are you doing going to the KA function? And I was like, oh, she thinks I'm Bert Bagley. But mm-hmm. I just didn't say anything. I was yeah. like, whatever. So then like a month later, I see her again and she does it and introduces me to everyone as the KA Bert. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I run into Bert Bagley. I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know that 80 pie? And he goes, yeah, the one that thinks I'm Bert Kreischer and you're Bert Bagley. <laughs> He goes, I can't correct her. I said, why? He goes, because I fucked her. <laughs> he goes, so I can't, I just can't say anything because I fucking feel so bad to tell her that I'm not the bird she fucked. But it wasn't like out of reputation. She just wanted to fuck him. But, oh, that guy, that was a fuck. God, man, I miss being young. Yeah, I do too. I, uh, I feel like people who think that high school was the best years of their life, um, I I feel like I can't relate to them, but yeah. then I I might be someone who thinks that college was the best years of my life. I think you know what I think. Hmm. I think thirty two to thirty six was the best years of my life. Really? Why? Because I was still young, mm-hmm. and I was and I was like and I was promising. Like I was still young enough to be a young comedian. Like you go on the road and comics would be yeah. like, "How's he already headlining? How's he getting dates like that?" And then I had a TV show. And and I had all this promise, and then and I was having kids, and I was really happy having kids. I was in love, did, but I didn't own a house, but I didn't care. And it's like all those things. And then I'll, now I'm 39. I just feel like I'm 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 on the other side of that. And I'm like I'm like I better not fuck things up. Yeah, kind of. You know. I, yeah. Or maybe should I have more money? Should I be more successful? You know? I hate that. I, it's sort of like a gr- let's say you have a great night planned at seven o'clock. I feel better about the night than at ten o'clock when it's winding down or whatever, you know. Like what's, what's I love your, when there's more, more uh, when when the story hasn't ended yet. What's what's your favorite day of vacation? Mm. Like in the meat of it, or I like the I like the day before we're going on vacation. Actually, because I am someone who doesn't like to make a lot of decisions and packing always involves a lot of decisions, I'm not happy. I'm conceptually happy the day before vacation. Yeah. I'm not actually happy when I have to do all that stuff. Really? I actually, once all the packing is done and I'm like on the plane or whatever, uh, I think at that point, then I'm, I might be the happiest. Well, maybe I'm happy a few days into vacation. Definitely not at the end, though. I, my, my wife's one of those people that's happy at the end. Glad to get home. Yeah, I'm good. I'm glad to get home. We got a lot of stuff to do, and I'm like, I'm. It depresses me. Like I literally wake up like sad. Mm-hmm. Like I just like I want to fucking. I want to just drink all day today. Yeah, I drink on the flight home, and I get home like fuck this place. Well, so, okay, so you're 39. 39. Do you feel old? No. You know what's so funny? I feel like the youngest parent at my kid's school. Like I don't feel like a grown up. How I, old are your kids? Uh, I don't know. Okay. The um like you know, six and six and eight. <laughs> but I feel like young. I feel so young. I feel like a child there. 
I feel irresponsible, and I don't feel like a dad, like I look like a dad. I totally do look like a dad, but I don't feel like I look like a dad. And then, like, I look at my, like, friends in comedy that are really successful right now that are really just – that I've kind of, like, look up to that are only a little bit older than me. And I'm like, God, I'm not, I'm not – like, I'm nowhere close to where Bill Burr is right now. But he's only a little older than me. Mm-hmm. Like, Jim Norton's Bobby Kelly, like, all these – all the guys that I started with technically, they were a little bit older than me. Just a little bit. Like, two years, three years. And they're all fucking huge. And does that make you feel like you need to, like, get more accomplished or you just feel like, wow, look what can happen in a few years? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I'm on my own path. I feel like I'm definitely on my own path. Like, I, you know what I feel like? I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the guy that pops out of the jungle and shows up at Club Med and goes, there was a fucking Club Med here the whole time. <laughs> like, I used to always – oh, that's so funny you say that because that used to be a reference I would always make. I would say, like, this is like the special episode of whatever sitcom where you get they get stuck on one side of the island and then yeah. like, coconuts are rolling at them and then they discover there's a hotel there. Yeah. I yeah. feel like – I feel like – um, like I'm really happy with where I'm at because I like the job. I love working for Travel Channel. They're a fucking the best boss you could ever have. Um, I love my group of friends now in the city. Like I, I've kind of reached out and gotten a better, closer group of friends in LA. And I love doing the road, but I'm not like I'm not like making twenty two thousand dollars a week. So like I'm still just a regular dude. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think at forty, I think when I turn forty, I turn forty in like. A couple of weeks. Oh, happy birthday in a couple of weeks. No, no, a couple of months, November. But I think when I turn 40, I think I'll, I'll really get my stride in my 40s. I think you don't have a voice until your 40s. Like, I almost think that your vocal cords shouldn't develop until you're 30. Like, you can, you can say stuff like, can I take your order? But not like big sentences, mm-hmm. like ideas. Right, you know? concepts. Yeah, I remember uh, a long time ago, when I, a long time ago, when I was in my 20s, um, <laughs> a, a therapist saying to me that adolescence now lasts until your early 30s. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Well, you do still go to a therapist? Uh, not, not that one. And I lived in New York for a while, and then I moved back. And I had a therapist in New York. And then after I moved back here, I would peri- periodically talk to my therapist on the phone. Um, hadn't gone or hadn't talked to her in a while, but then just recently I started talk- having phone sessions again. I would yeah. like to find someone out here, but I haven't put the time into doing that. Are, are you in therapy? I'm just started. Yeah. For the first time? No, no, no. I did it before, but it didn't fucking take. Mm. I was, I was, I just didn't like her. Mm-hmm. It was a girl. Here's the way my brain worked. It was a girl. She was less unattractive than me. Wait, like, she was less attractive than okay. me. Less attractive or less un, no, less attractive. Mm-hmm. So the whole time I figured she's got to be just staring at me, going, "I want to fuck this guy so bad." Yeah, naturally. Like that's what I because th- if I was in a room with a hot chick, am I right? Then she, I was her therapist the whole time. I'd be like, "How do I get? How would I?" Like, how do I make this work for me? Which is exactly why I have always felt like I should not have a male therapist. Because I know that it yes. would bring up a lot of issues. Like, if I felt like this, he's so smart and he understands me, <laughs> it would so quickly turn into a crush. Regardless of how he looked, I'm pretty sure. You're totally he right. He doesn't even judge me. Yeah. You know, he just listens. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I kept looking at her like, she's just, she, of course she wants to, I think we need to double up on therapy. I was like, of course, you just want to fucking try to get yeah, my pants. Clearly. And then, and then the other thing I thought was... Was I was paying a lot. I was paying a lot for therapy. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to have my fucking problems. I'm never going to be fixed. I remember telling her one time. I go, do you own a house? She goes, yeah. I said, where? And she goes, in the hills. I said, really? I said, you got a big mortgage every month? And she was like, I don't think we should talk about that. And I go, I think we should because I'm going to have problems as long as you have a fucking mortgage. Like, I need, I need someone that is not tied down. I want a mm-hmm. fucking vagabond. Someone who's like. <laughs> nomadic like, shaman therapist. Yeah, I want a nomadic who's just is there for my good. Like not someone like the 
the every time I pay her, I felt like I'm just paying her mortgage mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have problems as long as she has a fucking mortgage and as long as I'm attractive to her. You know, she was uh, very ugly. And okay, did she do anything aside from suggesting that you continue with therapy? Did she do anything to make you think that she liked you, or just based on just the sheer biology of her <laughs> being fugly and you not being, you felt like she's got to be trying to get with that? Just the sheer biology. She never gave me any hint. That okay. She wanted to fuck me just, just. Well, she listened biology. to you though. She, yeah, she listened. <laughs> she probably asked you questions about yourself. I'm fucking super, and I was super charming. So. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, I never. She never did anything that made me think she wanted to fuck me. But I just in my head, I was like, What? What were the? Why did you? Get, <laughs> why did you get into therapy at that point? Um. I don't know. I think I was drinking a lot, mm-hmm. and I think I was. I was. I was. It started originally because I was having a hard time flying. I quit drinking, and I wanted to start and be able to fly, and I couldn't do it. And I was like, and I and I had issues with women, and I had just met my wife, and I wanted. And my wife was in therapy, and she was like, it might be a bit good for you to talk these things out. And so I went, and none of them fucking got solved. And then uh, and then I quit, and I called her a cunt, and I left. You really called her a cunt? Yeah, so because I, I was testing the water to see if I could do that. <laughs> And then get away with it, and 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 I go, I don't know, I'm I'm fucked up. I'm not a okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I got a dude now, black dude. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Wait, I, I want to talk dude. about that, but I want to hear about calling her a cunt and how a, you're aware that you were testing the waters or I whatever. Was testing the waters because I was like, I bet I, I could do anything in this room, and you're gonna take my money. You're gonna need me. You can't. You're never gonna stop this. I can call you a cunt right now. She goes, I wouldn't do that. I go, you're a cunt. She goes, Bert, why, why would that come from? I go, see, anyone else, any other woman would you be like, get the fuck out of here. I go, you just need my fucking money. I'm a mess. Okay. And I was even a bigger mess then. I was definitely, and I had this like, I had this like, uh, I had, my dad had gotten in my head and, uh, and my dad had gone to therapy for like a period of time. And my dad had gotten in my head and was like, fucking therapist, it's a racket. It's a racket. Mm. It's a goddamn racket. And I was like, I was like, yeah, you're right. Like that's what men, that's what mm-hmm. I believe men do. And then, and then I got to a place recently where I was, where I was like, and I believed that my whole life up until very recently. You believe that therapists, it's just a money racket. It's just a money I, racket. Yeah, I had a boyfriend who felt that way and I was in therapy at the time and I thought this relationship is probably not going to work out. My wife's been in therapy the whole time we've been date- married and, uh, and it, it seems to work for her. I mean, quite, quite honestly, I'm like, I don't. Like, I don't know what the fuck they talk about. Like, what's so bad in her life? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, she's got some bad shit. But, but like, I, I don't know. I She likes it. For some she people, enjoys yeah, it. For she some people, it just it. helps yeah. to have a, a place you can go to talk and sort yeah. of have an objective listener. So, anyway, you, for most of your life, you felt that uh, it was just a racket. Yeah. And then how long in between the cunt and the black dude? Uh, uh, eight years, nine years. So then, what happened just recently to get you back in? Oh, I had a I had a fucking fallen out with a friend, and uh, and it bothered me, and I and I and it bothered me because I have uh, my uh, I'm trying to be semi um, open but coded, not mm-hmm. divulge anything diplomatic. Yeah, diplomatic, but like bothered me my relationships with people. The way I interact with people and the, what I allow people to do. There, I'll give you an example. One of the things I talked about in therapy was, um, uh, or not, and th- the other night, I, one, the other night I texted it to myself because I was like, wow, that's exactly how I feel constantly. When I was in like uh, seventh grade, um, a dude, uh, they were doing pro wrestling in the outfield in a baseball practice, and a dude um, uh, held me down and cut my hair. 
and I didn't get mad. I was very angry, but I didn't get mad. I just laughed, and, and it was a – he didn't cut all of it off. He just cut a chunk out like like Kerry Von Erich, and he was like, it's a hair match. And everyone laughed, and I was a good sport. And I was like, ah, what – you know. And then my dad heard about it. My dad fucking went irate. And he was like, I'll fucking kill it. You don't do that to another man. But So I was like, man, I'm, I allow people to take advantage of me consistently. He, your dad was mad at the kid. Mad at the it. kid. Yeah. And, and I was like, and I was like. Did I was you like, feel ashamed that you had allowed it to happen? I, I felt ashamed that I allowed it to happen. And I felt ashamed that I didn't punch him. Mm-hmm. I felt because I felt those feelings. But I was like, what, where's that going to. I literally, as a seventh, uh, seventh eighth grader, or seventh grader, I was like, where's that going to get me? Like, if I punch this kid, he's bigger than I am. He's Which, got a pair of scissors in his hand. Yeah. To <laughs> like, me, that's actually a healthy way of thinking yeah. and about my, it. my dad's not very healthy but yeah. um but so then so then I, I and then i was like and then i started doing all the things that that uh, like the other night i started texting myself i was like i'm talking this about therapy i'm talking about this in therapy like because i allow people to take um liberties with me that other people wouldn't take mm-hmm. no one would ever allow no one would fucking allow yeah. and i allow it and i and and I, and I take care of people. I want people to like me. It's like a fucking cavalcade of things. And I don't want to change whatever it is that made me. Like, I don't want to change the little nooks and crannies that made me a, an interesting or funny or, or lighthearted or good person. I don't want to start going. But, like, but like, uh, like a friend of mine was like, you know, you start start taking jujitsu because maybe what you're feeling are, is, you know, this anxiety. And when you go head to head with another man and you fight, a lot of that's relieved. And it can really – so I called up this guy, Eddie Bravo, and I was like, I want to learn – he was like, what do you want? I was like, I don't want to just want to know I can choke a bitch out. He was like, perfect. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> so I start next Wednesday. But uh, but yeah, so I'm taking a bunch of big steps. Drinking would be the big one I should take. Like, I should just quit drinking. I'm a better person when I'm not drinking. However, I'm very, I get on the road and it's like, fuck, what am I going to not drink? What am I going to read books? Come on. You That's know what insane. I mean? Yeah. How would, uh, do you feel your drinking is a problem? Uh, no. I mean, I've never. I'm, I mean, I, honestly, is it a problem? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I'm, but I'm a big drinker, and I've and I've got a reputation for being a big drinker. Yeah. Little thing, uh, you may have read it or not, but in college, when I was in college, I did. Yeah, Rolling Stone called me the number one party animal in the country, and they wrote a six-page article about it, six and a half, um, which was really well written and vivid. And by the way, Gary, in the article, it mentions someone's ears pricking up. We had a debate. It wasn't a debate. I said, "Is it?" ears prick up or ears perk up and gary and the guest at the time a long time ago said it's perk up and i was like yeah that makes more sense why would ears prick up in this article some ears pricked up yeah that's got to be right then because that went through a an editor and everything that's right yeah so uh but so i'm so i've got this reputation like i don't say my daughter said to me today my daughter said to me today uh you got to start saying no more often i was like whoa she's fucking eight yeah. And I was like, I was like, whoa. I was like, I don't. I what was that in reference to? To doing this podcast. Seriously? <laughs> I told her I just got in last night. I got in last no, night at four funny. in the morning. And she goes, and then I said, and I'm leaving tomorrow morning. And I said, I got to go. I'm, I'm going to do a podcast. And she was like, why? I go, because. She asked me if I would do it. And I said, yes. And she went, you got to start saying no more often. And I was like, but it, I, no is the most fucked up word. Mm-hmm. I say yes to everything. And I think that, like I was doing shots with these frat boys at a at a at a Dave and Buster's in the afternoon one time, and I was like I was like just because they were like the machine, and I was like fuck yeah, and I get excited, and then we're doing shots, and I'm like I gotta say no, like yeah. I gotta be like oh guys, I planned on going to the gym today, but but you when you say yes, it opens a like like I didn't know that you worked with Adam Carolla, and now I'm looking at this thing, and I'm kind of blown away, and I'm glad I said yes, so I'm looking at this fucking studio, going okay, so this is the next level of podcasting, mm-hmm. like this is really yeah, your daughter is wrong. <laughs> I mean, she's, 
think that's clear. Yeah, she's eight. She's got her own fucking issues. Yeah, I would not let her manage her career. Yeah, exactly. She's uh, yeah. Don't take her counsel seriously. She's, she's, she's got a, a great heart, but <laughs> small worldview. She's she has a very small worldview. Yeah. So so yeah so the so yeah that talk I, to us when you're eleven. Yeah. Do you have kids? No, I don't. Are you gonna ever have them? I would like to have some. Yeah. Um. And don't do it if you don't do it if you're like on the fence. No, I'm not. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm on the fence about. I'm on the fence about when to have them. I'm not at all wondering whether I want them. I have always felt like I want to have a life where I end up getting married and having kids. Yeah. Um. I just think that I somehow had this idea that it will everything will just fall into place on its own and I don't want to do it um before I've reached a certain point in my career because I know that if I I'm a, I'm afraid of losing ambition career-wise and I know that if I'm choosing between being with my kid or pushing my career ahead I think that I will choose being with my kid and if yeah. I don't then that makes me worried about like what does that mean about the kind of mother I'll be so um now I am I uh, I was going to say I just turned 37, but it was in May, so it wasn't. No, no, that's, that's pretty recent. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Recent enough. Recent. Yeah. So I don't have all the time in the world anymore, which is weird. Like, that crept up on me pretty quickly. It seems like that all of a sudden I'm like, I need to think about how it might take me some time to get pregnant and stuff. So um, I don't know. But I am in a relationship, so I can cross that one off the list. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you do have kids, you will put your... Uh, I don't know. I take that back. I think I will. You will to an extent. You're in a. You're in a. You're. You, this is a different kind of thing. Yeah, though. it is. So it's not like it's not like you're um, a road comic, right? Or um, I do a lot of on-air TV stuff, though. You can do that. Yeah, but you're right. You can totally do that. You can. So do what both. can't I do? What can't you do? Yeah. Um, Acrobatics. Like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of uh, bikini modeling right mm-hmm. after the baby. But uh, you can – you can. I've seen people do both and I think it's totally fucking doable. Yeah. But but uh, it's just that first chunk, you know? Like there's going to be a solid, you know, six months where you're not doing anything, where you're just taking care of a baby. Right. You know, and, and for a guy, I mean, I just took off on the road. I We had our baby and I literally on – Wednesday and on Thursday I was on a plane to go work with David Tell. Was your wife upset? No, my wife is a weird person. She's very cool about all of it. Like tonight, today's her birthday. Tomorrow, yesterday's her birthday. Yesterday was her birthday. Okay, now I just feel shitty. No, 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 no. So yesterday was her birthday, and I was on the road. I was in New York, and so I flew in last night at like got in late, late, like two in the morning, four in the morning, and then slept today. Gave her her presents this morning, and then tonight. We're gonna go. To, we had a big dinner plan with a bunch of her friends. Fucking turns out, once again, typical me. You're I planned to, to do a. I, I, I said. I said I to a buddy of mine has a storytelling show, which I love. I love the storytelling show. What so is like, it called? Uh, this isn't happening. It's with mm-hmm. Ari Shafir. Oh. You know Ari? Uh, he yeah. He's actually tried to get me to come on and talk about various things, and I haven't uh, done it. He's great. He's a really great dude. Mm-hmm. And so, I doing that with him and my wife. This is how my wife is. She's like, well. Why don't we go to dinner at uh, the restaurant across the street from the Improv, and then we'll all walk over and watch your show, and then we'll all go home. And I was like, fuck yes. That's awesome. Yeah, and she – I just got my schedule for uh, the second season of Trip Flip, and it's – and my stand-up too. And the way the stand-up works is if you start canceling dates, club owners hate you. Mm-hmm. And if you start pushing – you can't you, – once you agree to a price, you that's that price until you do that date. So – 
I've been pushing off these dates for fucking years from Birth Conqueror 1, 2, then Trip Flip 1, 2. So I, my, I told my wife, I'm like, I'm going to power through this this fall and I'm going to do all these dates. I'm going to do all the shooting. I'm going to do it all. It's going to be a beast. She was like, we can do it. And then she looked at it the positive way. She goes, the average man only has 36 days off in four, four months. If you can get 36 days off, we're a healthy family. I was like, where is she getting these statistics that are making her feel better? Saturday, Therapy. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I guarantee you. I guarantee you it's her therapist. Yeah. Her therapist probably fucking did the math and was like, fuck. That's great. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, okay, because it's going to drive me insane uh, unless I ask it now. Which show did you do with Jillian Barberry? The X Show. Okay. That, this is my connection with. So she with, was on that show. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, this is my connection with Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel. The X Show. I'm I'm talking out of school. I'm, I will just say I will best. just say rumor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the X Show was a show stolen from them. Oh. So they created the Man Show, right? Yes. And then they ship pitched it around, and then I think they pitched it to FX. Do you know any of this? I think it was Spike that that was involved at a certain point. But yeah, Spike FX Comedy Central and Comedy Central uh, picked it up, and um, and uh, FX wanted it. And they were like, well, fuck that. We'll just make our show exactly like that. So they made a show exactly like that. Here's what's even crazier. So they not only they, I'm saying this. I don't know if any of this is true. But this is what rumor is. Mm -hmm. Um, They grab two producers, Mark Cronin and Gary Arbach from MTV. And they bring them over and they kind of make this show. And then the show's shot next door to each other. (laughs) So I I wasn't on that show. I wasn't on the inception of it. It was Mark DiCarlo, John Weber. Um, uh, Greg Jackson and some other dude. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't on that show. I was on like season four. Like four years in, they fired some of the guys and brought me in. And I would see Adam and Jimmy walking on the lot and, and they hated us. And it was the same? It was a talk show? It was a, it's a, it was a very different show in in what it became. Like ours was a more of a magazine show and not mm-hmm. – but it was like girls in bikinis and, and guy shit. Like it was always about guys. And, and were you one of the hosts? I was point? one of the hosts, yeah. And, and what did Jillian do? Jillian was a – she would do the news on okay. – like she would do the news. And mm-hmm. so – and it was like comedy news. It was like Dennis Miller type right. style. And so uh, so yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was my first show on television and then – but it was very – clear that adam and jimmy hated us and then just a further weird coincidence uh when adam and jimmy left the man show wasn't there gary wasn't there another season of the man show and joe rogan was a host yeah absolutely i can't yeah. remember who the other guy was joe rogan and doug stanhope that's yes. right yeah now was that think... when you were doing x show as well no the x show got canceled i think okay. before that and then and then um from what i hear i don't i don't know i mean i, I don't know anything about I don't think I don't. I only heard this in an interview, but I don't think I think they pushed Adam and Jimmy out of the Man, man Show. Maybe Adam and Jimmy said they were done, and they wanted the Man Show to be done, right? And, and they and, fucked them. And Comedy Central said, "Well, we own it. Right. You don't." Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah. So this business is kind of weird. I heard an interview with Jimmy Kimmel, and he about him on WTF, where he was saying that he holds grudges and he never forgets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I've already done his show, so I, I guess he doesn't hold a grudge with me. <laughs> but I didn't do anything. I just showed up and did it. And then I heard an interview where Adam said I was, um, I was like. Uh, I wasn't hit. I wasn't Hitler. I was just one of the Nazis that were killing people. He was <laughs> like, speaking specifically about I, you. I guess I don't know. It was in Denver. They asked, they were like, "We have Adam Carolla up next. Do you have any questions?" I was like, "No." I go, "No, I don't really know him, but I would love to know if he hates me because I had heard that." And he was like, "And then the, I the guys called me and they're like, he said he didn't hate you, but he said you were like one of the Nazis. 
you weren't a bad Nazi. You were just one of the guys that were. You were just following. You, orders. I was just part of. I was yeah. I was following orders, right? right. So, so yeah. So um, that's I, comforting. Yeah. So, so wait, I'm sorry. This was in Denver. Denver. It was the I forget the name of the show. Denver. And you were on remote or something? Uh, no, I was or? doing stand up, and he was calling oh. in to promote his book. Oh, I see. I think okay. he was promoting his book, and I was just doing stand up. Right. So yeah, but uh, but that so that my career has always been that kind of fucking like just there i feel like i'm always there a week later you know like when i got the first show on on uh travel channel like they greenlit it and they're like 13 episodes this is gonna be huge and then everyone got fired and i was like fuck it seems like that kind of stuff is always happening it always happens i I got a deal uh i got a deal uh with will smith my first deal six months doing comedy i got a deal with will smith he then um we go to fox and we sell a sitcom to fox doug Herzog is the president of Fox mm-hmm. at the time. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's gone. Uh, I get hurt, Bert. Uh, I, they pick up six episodes. Six episodes, it's going to be great. Kevin Riley. Uh, the second he signs the deal, boom, he goes to NBC. Now, for Hurt, Bert, were you. How, what was your attitude about the fact that this is a show where they're going to be hurting you? Well, it, uh, the premise, you know, the premise was a little more lofty. I think, every, I, think I was told, I think it was different idea, concepts, really. Like, I was told. We're just going to take a walk and walk a mile in another man's shoes. You're going to take dangerous, crazy jobs. You're going to do them for a day. It's kind of like jackass meets dirty jobs. Okay. So, and it was kind of neat because we were doing wild. Like I was an MMA fighter. I was a, a football player. I was a dominatrix gimp. I fought a bear. I I got mauled by a bull. Like, and so I really felt like I was making. I felt like I was making really interesting television. And but the problem was it. it I was the only one that felt that way. <laughs> their only motto was to get me hurt. That was yeah. the only, that was their directive was to get me hurt. And so I literally I didn't know what we were doing before we did it. I just fucking would roll up, and then they didn't care about any like jokes or anything funny. They just hurt him. Yeah. And so uh, and so then I almost died. I got mauled by a bull. I got my ribs broken oh. and my foot broken. And uh, and I was like I was like I'm fucking out. I I, I, I go in. I, they bring a bull. I'm dressed in. You can see it online. It's if you type in on YouTube, Herbert Rodeo Clown. I go in. I'm dressed as, in the fucking outfit, and they let the bull loose, like a 800 pound bull, big ass bull, and uh, he mauls me within like I would say 10 seconds. Mauls me, breaks my rib, breaks my foot. I escape narrowly out of the out of the ring. I'm on the ground. We're doing these ba- post interviews where I, I can't breathe. I'm fucking in pain, and I swear to God, they look at me and they're like, "We need you to do it again." Oh, God. I go, "Wait, hold on. Why would you think I'm going to do that again?" They're like, "We only have 10 seconds of footage. Like, we need more of you in there with the bull." And I go, "Stretch it out." And they're like, "We need you in there." So then they put me in a fucking barrel. I have broken ribs and a <laughs> broken foot. And I'm like, and the bull's trying to ran into the barrel. It's absolutely, as soon as that happened, I was like, right, I'm, I'm done. And then, and then, but then I did Birth of Conqueror. And Birth of Conqueror was me doing crazy, dangerous shit. Like I did, well, I rode roller coasters primarily. What kind of agent did you have at the time? <sighs> Fucking paradigm. <laughs> well, that's who I'm with. Yeah, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, it, I was. <laughs> We may need to cut this little part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I at the time I did Birth Conqueror, I was yeah, I was actually with Paradigm. But uh but you know Well let me explain why I asked that question. Because shouldn't there have been some sort of like keeping you alive clause? Although you're you are no, alive. Do you know what they did? They uh they couldn't get insurance for the show, so they made me an executive producer. And then mm. I got paid as a reality show contestant, like fifteen hundred bucks 
per episode, and then I got a, a paycheck as a producer that was like ninety percent of the money. So the executive producer check was huge, mm-hmm. but I got a, I also got this reality show. So that's how they did the clause to get me in there. Um, you know, I don't know. It's once again, it's I don't say no. Yeah, I was gonna I don't say, say no. well. Also, it seems like this is sort of related to the you'll let people do things to you that other people wouldn't yes. wouldn't say yes to. Um, and th- that makes me think about the, something that I have noticed in myself, which is that other people – like I will allow people to do or say things to me and it takes longer for me to realize that they are treating me in a bad way. Like I just – I feel like other people are – are very adept at being like their fuck you comes a lot faster yeah mine takes days because i have to think about what happened and i have to think well did i have a part in that and maybe they were just this and maybe it was a joke and like i feel almost at all times and uh, this is a visual but so i'll just make the sound it's like at all times no matter what i'm doing inside i'm thinking like Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, hey, what is happening? I don't know. I hope people aren't making fun of me. <laughs> Which I, is sad. My quick instinct is to just laugh about it. Yeah. And and because like, then at least you're taking away the the punch. I guess. Yeah. I guess. Man, we're getting this is really kind of neat to talk about because I genuinely like like I did not want to do. We did this ride for Birth of Conqueror where it was um it was two um telephone poles. And uh, and then they had bungees strapped on on the top. It was called the human slingshot. <laughs> and then they pulled the bungees down. The telephone poles went up like maybe a hundred feet or and just what is Birth the Conqueror? This was on Travel Channel. This okay. was before the triplet gotcha. show I'm doing. So they take the they throw a rope above the bungees, pull them all the way down, like a ninety feet. They harness you in on a like a climber's harness onto the bungees. So now you're hooked into the bungees. Then you sit on the back of an ATV and you hold on, and then they drive the ATV as fast as they can. Oh my god! And, and what could go wrong? And exactly, and then and then you let go, and then once you let go, you slingshot at like eighty miles an hour into a canyon back and forth, just wah 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 wah. So <laughs> so so here's what we. This is this is a perfect example of me. So we get there, I look at it, I see them doing it, and I go, this isn't too bad. And then the guy says, how much do you weigh? I'm like, 220, 230? And he goes, <laughs> I go, what? And he goes, this, this could be bad. It's a good thing we have a paramedic out here. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And he goes, we've never done someone as big as you, so there, there is the chance that you're going to hit the ground. I go, at 80 miles an hour? I go, what's going to happen? And the paramedic's there, and he's like, oh, you'll break your back. I go, Hold on, there's a chance I could break my back, and I'm just sitting like with this one of the executive producers. Like you're gonna be fine, and I, and as opposed to being like, oh, okay, like I just go, yeah, all right, I'll do it. As opposed to being like, no, I don't want to break my fucking mm-hmm. back. I remember we did a thing, we did a thing, and I did, and I didn't break my back. I skinned on the ground, but I didn't break my back. We did a thing in Canada where we were going down a concrete toboggan. It was a fucking huge slab of concrete that we were sliding down a mountain and the dudes in front of me go and they yard sail it they flip it and it flips and the dude breaks his femur girl breaks her hand and i remember the guy saying to me you're next and he looks at me he goes uh get bent broken femur's a game changer <laughs> it's like it fucking is it redefines your life you have yeah. a brand new life at the day before you broke a femur and then after you broke a femur and i'm and i'm sitting there on this mountain going i could very well break my femur today and i was like fuck it i'll do it i did slush pits you know what a slush pit is Mm-mm. it's where you ski down a mountain and then try to ski across the ski across water and i've, n- I've never skied I-, I grew up in florida i didn't fucking snow ski so you go down a mountain at like 40 miles an hour and then you hit water and you try to ski across a pond so 
I, I remember sitting and having lunch and going and thinking to myself, my body works perfect right now. Like everything works. It's mm-hmm. all working. I'm like, I'm going to roll the dice on that for like, I remember my, my, one of my cameramen, when I was about to jump off the stratosphere, he goes, he goes, how much, I did not want to jump off the stratosphere. He goes, he starts laughing. I go, what? And he goes, how much, if I asked you how much you, I would take to get you to jump off the stratosphere, we'll put a price number on it. And I was like, million dollars. He goes, you're doing it for like 16 bucks. <laughs> Theoretically, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah. So, but yeah, it's that. It's that. I can't say. I don't say no. Is I don't, it because you don't want to bum let, people out? Yep, I don't want to let anyone down. I never want to let. It, that's why I take shots with people after the shows. That's why, like, I mean, it's why I do the majority of the stuff that I do is because I'm like, I'm genuinely, I love people, I like people, and I want people to like me. When's the last time you said no? Can you even remember? To I can say no to my family pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, I think I, if I say no to you, that it means I like you. You like trust if, I, them. if I if I can say no to you, then it means that I trust you and I and I know that you yeah. won't dislike me. Yeah, arguably you're saying no to your wife. Yeah. By have by put by having to do these other things instead yeah. of you know celebrating as initially planned. Yeah. Like I'm the kind of guy. Do you know you know this type of person that um, you I go I'll call you right back and then I never call back or they or you go um or they like like hey let's go to dinner at seven and I know full well I can't get there at seven yes. I'm on the other side of town it's I I don't get done until six forty five but I go seven's great and then I leave you sitting at the restaurant for an extra I do that I do that all the fucking time yes I'm that I'm, I'm so bad at that yeah well the, I'm apartment hunting right now my boyfriend and I are looking for a place and the other day I you know I got this um guy on the phone about the apartment and he told me all about it and it only has permit parking and we want parking spots um so instead of saying to him okay no thank you or whatever i I continued i listened to the spiel and i made arrangements to okay well we'll call you next week we're not going to i'm not interested in the place and i was thinking about it why did i do that because it would have been kinder to him to say no thank you because now he thinks there's someone interested in his shitty place yeah there was when not to go back to fraternity stuff i know that no please but when we were in fraternities there was there were two types of people there were people that when a guy was coming through rushing our fraternity they would be like he's not getting in and they go we need to pull him aside and tell him he's not getting in and break his heart or crush his dreams and tell him to go somewhere else. And there were guys like me that were like, don't tell him that. It'll let him down. Yeah. Let him hang out here all week and not go to other fraternities. Like that's ultimately like people will tell like with stand up there. There are people I know that are not going to make it that I know aren't funny and, and they're and they just are pushing it and they're not and they're not naturally talented or gifted and they're never going to book anything hosting or acting. And like you just know there's are people like that that you're like, this guy has no fucking hope. But I am. As opposed to being like Barry Katz would be would just tell you, Papa, I don't think you're talented. I don't see it happening <laughs> for you. Like I would be like, keep going, man. You're gonna, you can do it. Like yeah. I fucking would rather. You're. T- I'm exactly the same way. I would. I will talk to someone who wants to sell us windows for four months, just not wanting to hurt him. Yeah. And go- <laughs> yeah. And then I think, is it about? Is it about wanting them to like me? Is it wanting to avoid conflict? I don't know. I, I'm someone who I have a lot of trouble with boundaries and I have a lot of – like I don't answer my phone. I don't like to talk on the phone because I feel like once I'm on the phone, like there's no, I have no protection anymore because they can talk me into anything almost. And yeah. I – just lately I've I've been like if someone says, what are you doing, blah, 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 I need to automatically – Say no to whatever it is. Like, be like, I think I ha- I, I shouldn't reveal this uh, 
uh, diabolical plot I have, which probably everyone else has already figured out. But I, I will anyway. It's like I, if someone says, what are you up to? Da, 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 I need to say, I think I'm busy. Why? And then if they say something fantastic, then I could be like, let me see if I can change it. And then it's like, oh, how great. She's changing her schedule for my whatever. Yeah. As opposed to me, who my first reaction is, unless I know for sure I have something, my first reaction is always like, I don't think I have any plans. What's up? And then I have to like somehow get out of whatever it is. And one of the ways I might get out of it is by just not ever talking to them again. <laughs> what you, you know? It's what really it is, unhealthy. Though? But it's not. It's it's because we're forced to be animals that we were never at were. Like now with social cell- creatures, you mean? Yeah. I, like with this with cell phones. <laughs> yeah. This is in my pocket all the time. I never that never happened. Mm-hmm. I would just go to school like, and I would not. I would talk to people when I saw them in the face. And I, you couldn't just get a hold of me whenever. Yeah. I couldn't. I was off the grid ninety percent of the time. I was only ten percent of the time was I near a phone. And now it's like I, I said this with my first therapist is I didn't. She said I had the cunt. So, yes, she said <laughs> she said I had social anxiety disorder and that I needed to get on Lexapro and she and her Lexapro or one of those uh, uh, Levitra one of those I don't know not Levitra is for your dick. But uh, Lexapro, Lexapro is an antidepressant. Yeah, she's like, you need you have social anxiety disorder. You, if you don't like going to the improv because you're nervous that you're going to see someone that you don't know, or 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 you don't like answering your phone because you don't want to talk to people, that's social anxiety disorder. I go, no, that's not. I go, that's not. We're just humans that are evolving into this new type of creature that has our accessibility is always there. You can always get in touch with me. I get pissed off like. When I when you text and then someone calls you and I go fucking you gotta let me process I can't I yeah. I haven't an- thought my answer out yet like fuck that, I do that uh, that's so that's, I do I'm very similar in that sense yeah like people that can handle all communication on the phone or in person they are making decisions and thinking of how to respond very quickly yeah. whereas I've all of a sudden and by that I mean for many years now it's like taken me longer yeah I think they're I think they're fucked up. Really? Yeah, I think people that – like I look at people sometimes and I'm like, how, how do you not – like like just people who – like my wife's like that. She has she has plans for fucking everything. And she, if she calls you, she knows exactly what she wants to do on that day. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Or if I do want to do that or I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, see that's the thing with me with making – having trouble making decisions. I just pretty much want to keep everything open all the time. Yeah. Which is a bad way to be though. I think. No, 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 no. God, we're very fucking similar. Yeah. Um, the, no, <laughs> I want to keep things open too because something better might show up. Like, I don't want to just fucking, yeah. like, I don't want to go to the movies with, like, I, like, I'm, I, I have, it's sort of like not wanting to know how it ends. Like, you, yeah. like, I want to leave open the possibility that I might find a secret door in the back of my closet that goes to a new world. Yeah. I, and then, and then if I don't do anything, I sit in my house depressed going like, what the fuck? I should have yeah, gone out. Like, I just check Twitter. <laughs> I just got on Instagram. Oh yeah, me too. Oh, I, late adopter. Fucking mur- let me tell you something. I am murdering Instagram mm-hmm. right now. I do this thing here. I'll, sh- I'll just show you the picture. Are you Burt Kreischer on? Yeah, Instagram? yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm at Burt Kreischer. Uh, same as my Twitter. But so wait, take a look at this. Tell me if I'm not fucking killing it. Okay, this is my Instagram right now. How do you go to your profile? I still got to figure this. I know thing out. it's not as intuitive so as wait, I want it to be. So these are what I do in hotel rooms. Oh yes, I actually saw this, and this is pretty awesome. And um, we can put a link or some of these up on uh, on my site. This do, is. Do you? Okay. So for people who are listening and don't know what we're talking about, these are photos of things that you've done in hotel rooms. I create art in hotel yes, rooms like, for the maid. Right. Like here, it's sort of like a chalk outline on the ground made out of toilet paper. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I did that one with my daughters. 
Sounds good. Or you'll make it look like there's a person in the bed or like I or saw a person a, hiding under the bed. Yes, exactly. Or I make like a big dog out of pillows. Yes. Or like you put um, the pillows on the back of the toilet. So yes. Like, yeah. Basically so that they will walk in and just think. And go, what the what fuck the happened yeah. in here? What has been the reaction to this? Uh, astounding. Like I'm like, and you know, it's like you get people that are like. Like, oh, fucking real cool, man. Those You're making it harder on those maids. I've never had a... I feel like you're making it entertaining for the uh, maids. Yeah. Not only that, but every time I go to a hotel, the first thing they say is, oh, you're the fucking guy. Because that's their business. They work in the whole hotel <laughs> right. business. So they know anything that happens hotel-wise. They're like, fuck, we know it. Uh-huh. Every time... I remember I, pulled, I got into D.C. and there's a dude, this black dude with dreadlocks who's the valet. And he goes, ah, I've been waiting for you. I was like, <laughs> really? And he goes, you going to get me? I said, what? And he goes, are you going to get us? I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, get us. Get us good. And then I, <laughs> and then I come in, and then the, the woman, the, I get to the thing, and they're like, they're like, we're really excited for you. We can't wait for you to leave. We want to see what you do. I go, what are you talking about? And they go, we know who you are. We know what you do. I was in. I was well, in are they on Instagram? How is this no, happening? Because I, I did it on Twitter, and then the Today Show picked it up. Oh. And the Today Show talked about it. And then it, it got really big for like a, two weeks. It was mm-hmm. like massive. My website would shut down every day. So then, so and I just posted old ones and a brand new one. I'm like, I'm going to fucking start doing it again. Yeah. I, but, so wait, I did one in, in uh, I get to, I, I'm with Sam Champion. Do you know Sam Champion? Yeah, local. The weather, the mm-hmm. weather guy for uh, Good Morning America. Yeah. Yes. With Sam Champion, we check into a hotel. We're doing a segment together for Good Morning America and for my show. And I check in, and they don't even say a thing to Sam Champion. They're like, thank you, Mr. Champion. And then I come up, and they're like, Mr. Kreischer, we've been waiting for you. And I was like, really? And they're like, we're big fans. And I went, oh, thanks. And they're like, we hope you enjoy your room. And I was like, thanks. I have no idea what's going on. I have a case of beer in my hand. I have my bags. I go up to my room. I open the door, and I fucking lose my shit because they have replaced my bed with a white water raft. <laughs> They have the bed on top of the whitewater raft. They have a human stuffed into a wetsuit. Like it's a wetsuit stuffed person uh-huh. with my face on the front <laughs> photocopied, my wife's face on the bed, and we're rowing the front of the – it is the fucking craziest thing. I took a million pictures. I videotaped it. I was like, oh, my God. But the worst part is – They outbirded you. I, I got whatever the maids get, that rush of excitement mm-hmm. of like – of like, You're like, I truly am wonderful. Yeah, I'm giving like, a gift to the world. I was like, this is, I got, I fucking got, I got nervous. I got scared. I yeah. was like, oh, I was alive. <laughs> and I was like, man, if you're going through your day and you're just plugging along and then you come in and I don't trash the rooms and I don't make it anything that's difficult. No, to, it's, 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 and it's obvious that it's not uh, truly a dead body or something. Yeah, it's, it's obvious. Silly. And it's, and it's, and there's always a hefty tip waiting for them. Like I did the Budweiser ice can't ice. Uh, I did, I made uh, a robot out of the ice bucket with Budweiser's <laughs> this weekend and, uh, and I was still there like I was checked out late so I went down to go work out and they went in to clean my room and I came up and there's like four maids standing around my door and I went hey can I I go no I'm not checking out yet and they're like no 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 can we come in and I was like <laughs> I go no 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 I don't I don't need it cleaned yet and then the woman like was like no I came in and I saw what you made can we come in I want to show them <laughs> And I was like, oh, yeah, so I brought all the maids in. And they're like, what is this? And I go, I just make, I just screw around. They're like, oh, it's so – and they were taking pictures, and I took a picture, and then I gave – then I tipped her. I had to tip them 100 bucks then because now they know who I am. Where did – yeah, really. Yeah. Where did you get uh, the idea to first do one of these? Uh, quite honestly, from masturbating. Because what I figured – That would not have been my first guess. I, f- <laughs> I figured – any maid who cleans my room, it's very quick to figure out what I've been doing in that room. 
like the lotion's somewhere in the room, not not in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. All the little towels are gone. Like, and I was like, I was like, man, I I go, I am fucking a dead read. Like, you can tell what I've been doing in my room the whole time. There's beer cans everywhere, and you're like, oh, you can almost figure out who this guy is. So then one day I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna just. I, I found myself cleaning up the room. To make her not know what mm-hmm. I did. And I was like, oh, I should throw off her tracks. And I was like, I'm, that's the first one I did was in the bathroom. I was like, I'm just going to set up the bathroom so that she comes in and goes, what the fuck? Have you, what was he doing? There's like pillows. Uh, there's an ironing board, a spoon, a spoon, three Heinekens. And like, and she's uh. like, and towels everywhere. And she's like, was there some sort of operation in here? Uh. So then, then I made pillow men. And I was like, oh, this is great. And then I started getting, then my big one, my first big one where I was like, wow, this is a, this, uh, this could really be something was, um. I made I made a human torso out of a pillow, and I took all my my wardrobe from the shoot, uh, and I made it, and then I shoved it in the refrigerator, so it looked like there was a torso in the <laughs> yes, refrigerator, and I was like, wow. And then I then I hit hit two back to back home runs with the next one. I just put my shoes under the um, under the uh, curtain. <laughs> So like it looked like someone was standing behind the curtain, and there were there were the shoes you get from the show, and they were they were beaten from the, whatever we had done the day before. So I left those there, and then the next one we were in. <laughs> this is my favorite one I've ever done. It's it's this one right here. I did this one in Edmonton. Um, in Edmonton, it was I just hung the sheet out the window, <laughs> tied yeah, to the chair. Yeah, it looks like a rope. It looks like I climbed out the window. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, oh man, when those like, happen, the, the simplicity of it. Well, what it's it like happened? The platonic yeah. ideal of oh. hotel pranks. Oh, it's so. I mean, the big ones kind of suck. Like when you make like a when you make a huge mummy out of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Like you're like that's a little time. It's not green. Yeah, it's not green, and it's a little t- exhaustive. But this one, I was just I taken a shower in Edmonton. It was like below ten outside, <laughs> but it was hot as shit in my room. So I was opening the window to kind of air it out, and I couldn't. I had my head out the window, and I was like, I bet I could get out of here pretty easy i was like i wonder if i get out with a sheet i was like oh fucking great idea when you do that you're like oh my god and then you get manic like an artist like jackson pollock and Uh you're strutting around your room naked like going how do i make eyes how do i make eyes i need to make a throat i need to do i put a boot in its mouth like fuck i've had yeah so that that so now i'm doing more so and i'm i I, my agent reached out to me and was like because i did the budweiser can guy Mm -hmm. and he goes dude product placement he was like, if I get you a deal with a company, can you do it just solely out of their stuff? And it'll be great, great, like just viral stuff. And it'd be right. like, I was like, fuck. And then I'm sure that's where the art and commerce meet. And then they're no longer interesting because they're, it's just all you see. You're like, what's up with the, the pyramid of beer cans yeah, with the, with the down, fr- fabric softener? Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> where did you get all this fabric softener? So, but are you going to do it if you can get a deal? No, probably not. I got offered a book. Not, I got offered a book, kind of. Mm-hmm. They were like, they were like, uh, we like it. It'll be a good coffee table book. Um, can you do sixty more? And I was like, I can't do fucking sixty. Yeah, I'm kind of, I've kind of tapped out. I've used everything there is to use in a hotel room. So like, the beer can man was just because I had extra beers, and I was like, and now I'm starting to see things a little differently. Like artistically, I'm, I'm, I've been away from it a little bit. So we'll see. I'm, my big one will be in Dayton this weekend. Mm. So. so, but you are doing a book, yes? Yes. I'm, and I'm, what is that book? Uh, it's uh, not entitled yet. I just met with my editor, my publisher uh, yesterday in New York. Mm. Um, it's based on uh, the kind of the crazy stories that I've had uh, in my life, like you know, um, uh, like getting involved in the Russian mafia, and uh, and I have a and few. Just larger than life stories that are somewhat unbelievable. I even my, even my editor, my publisher was like was like you know he goes I know like I have had Inglewood I've had um, K 
kids from the class that I robbed the train in with the mafia in Russia, and I've had them show up to my shows and stand on stage. I, do, I did a documentary. Mm-hmm. I had a kid stand on stage, and he was like, that's 100% true. There's no, I know it well, sounds ridiculous. The crazy ridiculous. thing is that I, I, I am familiar with that story. Yeah. And for some reason at the time, I did believe it, though. But now meeting you and yeah. finding out sort of more about your psychology, it makes infinitely more sense oh, that you God. could be – that you could find yourself – in some crazy situation and you you didn't, you know, bail out earlier. Yeah. So just for anyone who isn't familiar, um, this is on – what, what would someone need to Google to look, up, to look Bert, this up? Bert Kreischer, The Machine, or Bert The Machine. Okay. And so just if we – just and to – There's a video online of uh, me telling the story. And, mm-hmm. and if you come to any of my shows, I tell it at every fucking okay. show. But, but long story short, you were studying got, abroad in studying Russia. Studying abroad. They paid off the mob to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And uh, – and, and they told you not to befriend the mob, but you did befriend them. And then before you knew it, I you befriended were... two guys, and they were really cool. Yeah. They were just regular dudes who were just trying to make ends meet. That was Igor They'd... and Sasha. Igor yes. and Sasha, and then and then I met, and uh, and I tried to tell them, "Hello, my name's Bird, or whatever, and my, nice to meet you." And instead, I accidentally said, "I'm the machine," <laughs> and so they thought that was fucking hilarious. And mm-hmm. then we took a train to Moscow, and I'm really shorting the story. And you're gonna be like, "This story sucked," but. Well. Listen to me, you guys, listeners. The story is amazing. So yeah, if you're you just Google, getting a I'm giving short, you the, I'm, abridged version yeah, that's not you, as good as the long one. Go online, you'll see a much better version of me telling it. But then, short and long is, we end up. Uh, he, they tra- pass me off to two new gangsters for the train, and we end up robbing the train. Yeah, and then and and were your classmates upset with you? No. Here's okay. There's there's. I I love talking about this story and not telling the story. To be honest with you, because I like. Here, there are things that are not um, that are kind of under. I don't bring up in the story that are, that really make the story make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Number one, my entire class were terrified of these two guys that were on the train, and the fact that I was drinking with them was kind of keeping them at bay. Okay, because now, mind you, if if they did not have, I was also kind of looking after their behavior a tad bit. Like I, it's so interesting because. Uh, because no one could take me away from them. They, these guys who've been on the train were real gangsters. Mm-hmm. They were real dudes. Thugs. Who, yeah, who just – who were a little scary, quite honestly. And, and so the fact that no one got hurt, no one got assaulted on our train trip. I remember Igor, when we got to back to St. Petersburg, I got in a lot of trouble. Because uh, the, they sat down. They are like, you, you can't fucking do this. You can't rob your classmates. I'm like, I think they're talking to me. And they're like – and Igor was like – said to them, he goes – I don't know what the fuck you're mad at Bert for. Bert is the reason right. everyone's here right now. Yeah, because if you, even if you hadn't been part of the robbery, something they were going to was, do something. was still going. So what happened? I feel like we need to give them a little more detail. So at night, um, you and the the mobsters went through everyone's bags and we went through, stole a bunch of stuff. We went through our classmates' bags and uh, and we robbed the bar cart and. Uh, we yeah. stole the money from the bar cart, and we went through my classmates' bags. And, and to be honest with and you— And you didn't have a choice. I mean, if you had said I, no, I didn't, I didn't have a choice you didn't at have all. a choice. At that point, you were I, forced. What I, would do, what I was doing to try to keep them um, from not robbing, like not—I'm taking away all the fucking allure of the story. But <laughs> what I was doing mostly was I was—we I was, <laughs> we had gotten a camera, and I was, they were taking pictures of me shitting. And I and they thought it was fucking hilarious. You got to re- realize these guys had never had had no frame of reference for any comedy. So yeah, you could. Re- they had been so for so many years, so battered down that they didn't know any movies. Like that was another thing I was doing. That my classmate that saw me said, "You got to bring this up." You were. I was. 
I they had never seen any of the movies we grew up on. So like I had a catalog of hilarious jokes to steal from at any moment mm-hmm. that would floor these fucking guys. Like fat guy in a little coat. They're like, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? And they're like, he's the machine. So I, so like so ultimately, yeah. Ultimately, I was I you know even on the train ride back, like there there was not a lot of saying no to them. Mm-hmm. You couldn't say no to a lot of people in Russia at the time. I mean, it's so funny. Anyone that is from Russia during during that time or lived in Russia during that time, they hear that story and they're like, I can't believe how true that is. Yeah. And and even there's a thing it on... It just seems like it was a bad time to be studying abroad in Russia. Dude, you're telling me. You think they would have brought that up? Yeah. They, they, they never said to us until we got there, the mob runs everything. And then we get there and they're like, mob runs everything. We paid them off to make sure we can stay safe. Jeez. My publisher's like, I need to know how they paid them off. And I go, I don't fucking know. You think they told me that? Yeah. I was like, I have no idea. And he was like, well, it seems silly that a teacher would call up the mafia and i go no they call up a travel agency the travel agency is like fuck it we're, if you're going to do this we're going to contact the mafia you know like i don't know how it went down but yeah that's ultimately went down my teacher one of my my teachers had to bring fanny packs of cash into the country they had fanny packs of cash i remember my one teacher sat down next to me and was like i have to show you something i'm freaking out and i was like what she opened her pants i was like sweet <laughs> and then she showed me a fucking fanny pack of like cash and she goes they're making us bring this in the country and I was like, you know what else? This is also crazy. And this is only in writing the book. You start really digging into everything. They, on our return trip back, they we brought back shit for people. Like we brought boxes and under our names. No idea what was in them. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, they were like, Bert, you have two extra bags you can take. Do you mind if we just take this one and we'll put it under your name? And this is way before. Who, you, who asked you this? The school. The okay. school was like, we're, we need so to bring back. The school was involved in smuggling. Whatever they, you know. Quite honestly, Not they were really. probably bringing back like uh, food and mm-hmm. presents for people's family yeah. members or whatever. It was probably very innocuous, but the concept that you would do that, and I just was like, "Yeah, put it under my name." Yeah, and then I just fucking flew some package home. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what was in it. Like that was really it was sketchy. Such a different time. Yeah, it was. Man, it was a really different time. But uh, but yeah, that's I, my. But so that's a book I'm writing. I, I have an. I've had really kind of crazy events like with Will Smith and and and. I had a story with uh, Tracy Morgan, and I've had a bunch of shit go down that kind of are like just really, I guess it's the tales of a guy that never said no. You know, <laughs> I just was like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. And then next thing you know, fucking robbing a train in Russia. See, okay, I want to ask you how it came to be that you had this story written about you that you were the biggest partier at the time. But then I also want to ask you how you met your wife. Which one do you want to talk about? I can tell you both very quickly. Okay. Um, the only the way they found me at Florida State is they called, started calling the school, and they started asking if I had one person I could chaperone me around, who would it be? And I'd been there the longest, and the first five people they knew were all friends of mine, and so they just said Bert, 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 and at the fifth one, and they one, were interested in Florida because that was the number Florida one party State, school. Florida State was the number one party school at the time. So then the fifth guy they called his name's Eric Pogue, and Eric was like, I'll, Eric thought it was me. He was like, I'll give you Bert's number. He's a party boy. And so then the guy called, and I was in the middle of a bong hit. And he called, and he was like, is Bert there? And I was like, yep. And, I, and he, he's like, are you doing a bong hit? And I was like, yes. And he was like, oh, my God. And then he was like, he must have thought he stepped in shit. He was like, this is fucking perfect. Yeah. So then they write the article about Florida State. They just want to write about Florida State. And then they did. They brought it back, and it was too broad a subject. So then they dialed it in and just made it all about me. So that's pretty much how that happened. How long did the guy shadow you? A week. What was that experience like? Just it was it was kind of uh, 
you know, I'm a talker. I like talking, so I just talked. And then, and then when you, I, I also get nervous so that people aren't going to like me. So then, like, we wake up in the morning, and he'd be like, "What do you guys do now?" Normally, I just watch TV, but I was like, "Fuck it, we drink." So mm-hmm. I call up some friends. I go, "Let's go drink. Let's get wings." So we just partied, and we partied a lot. We got him to party a lot too, and we had a fucking blast. But he never left my side, and I told him way too much shit. Like I told him everything. I dumped. I was. It was like he was a therapist. There was mm-hmm. a lot of stuff he could have put in that article that would have made me look bad. But um, do you feel like? I'm, I'm, I'm a, a journalist, so my questions are probably not the ones that other people would have because I'm now asking a question about a journalist. But I'm going to ask it anyway, and now I wish I hadn't uh, said all this stuff. Okay, do you feel like he specifically had some quality about him that made you uh, like dump on him, or was it just that you were going to tell anyone who was with you for that amount of time all that stuff? Um. I think I was going to tell anyone that was with okay. me. I think I think I'll end up telling uh, someone in a waiting room about my life. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that was it. So, so then the article came out and it changed my life. Literally overnight, changed my life. Like what happened? Uh, I the second it came out, I mean my my dad called that morning and he was like, "What the fuck did you do?" I go, <laughs> "What do you mean?" He goes, "I have news crews camped out in front of our house. What did you do? Are you in trouble?" I was like, "No." I, and then the pho- door knocked. It's a Rolling Stone article. A FedEx guy gives it to me. I open it. I see Beck on the cover, but I thought it was me. I was like, and then I was like, oh shit, Dad, I'm in Rolling Stone. And he was like, really? And I open it. And I was like, one. I was a centerfold. I was the spread. Mm-hmm. I was like, one, two. And I was like, oh shit, Dad. Let me read this, and I'll call you back. And then I read it, and I was like, oh, we're fucked. And then uh, literally, I, I did everything. I. Um, but it's a really nice article. It's a nice article. I actually cried when I read it. I was like, that's very touching. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it did say I shit on a pizza box. I didn't go to school. Yeah. I, I, but did you really shit on a pizza I box? I did shit on a okay. pizza box to win an election. Um, yeah, this was when you were, the second time you were running <clears throat> for president of your fraternity, you gave a speech nude and you shit on a pizza box. Yeah, I gave, the first one I gave nude and the second one I was like, I gave it, I shit on a pizza box. I ran into the kid I, I ran against, Josh Young. He mm-hmm. was in Miami like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And uh, he was he was in a suit with a, like a laser pointer, and he had a whole presentation. <laughs> I just went up and then just turned around and shit on a pizza box. <laughs> what I, was that I, to illustrate? I, I fucking just, <laughs> just the I just nothing, and then I won. <laughs> I fucking won by a landslide. Like it's no so one perfect. voted for Josh, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This is bullshit." Someone goes, "No, it's Bert shit." <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, and then. Uh, and then and then I decided to go. I was like, I'm going to be a stand up. I tried stand up once in Tallahassee and got offered my own morning show in Tallahassee. Just from trying stand up once. Once I have a good. Wow. I, apparently, this is what they said. You have good chords, so I sound good on radio. So they were like, mm-hmm. you, you'll come in, you work with this guy, and then he's going to New York. So you'll be a sidekick, and then you'll take over the show in a month. And I was like, cool. So I talked to the guy, and he, I go, why? Why are you leaving? He goes, who the fuck wants to live in Tallahassee? <laughs> I was like, well, not me now. So I moved to New York too. Uh, started stand up roughly. Started stand up on my 26th birthday. Really, like as mm-hmm. a as a. And then Will Smith, um, his company discovered me, and I met Will, and we got along. We did a sitcom, and the rest is history. How did I meet my wife? Yes. Um, uh, I had met her like three or four times before. I had seen her, and I was like, she's hot, and she was a writer, and I was like into her, but she was a bitch. Every time I met her, she was a bitch. And then what um, kind of writer? A screenwriter. Mm-hmm. And then one day. We went bowling, like couples bowling, and I lost a lot of weight. I was like 186 pounds. I was skinny as shit. I had abs and stuff. <laughs> and my wife was like, I kind of like him. And then I fucking – we went on a date, and then she dumped me four months later and fucking destroyed me. Why did she dump you? Because I fucking – I was just a mess. I had issues with women. I was a comic. When was this? When I was 29. 
Okay. Were you in New York at that point? No, I was in L.A. Okay. I was living in L.A. I had a dickload of money, and I had no job. I just partied. All I did was party, and I didn't and- even really audition. I had done a couple sitcom developments, and then I'd done a TV show for a year and a half, two years. So I had all this money, and I lived in a house in the hills, and I just partied, and my wife was like, I was a fun guy to be around, but I was coming to the end of that money, and I knew it, and I think that was creeping up on me panic-wise, and I was just spilling out a lot of negative shit. Like, you couldn't watch Friends around me, because I'd shit on Friends. Like, uh, just, I don't know. That's pure evil. Yeah, I was a mess. (laughs) I was one of those fucking unhealthy guys that was probably drinking too much, and and then my wife's like, and I wouldn't put a label on it. I was afraid to put a label on it, because I was like... Oh, on your relationship? Yeah, I was a meathead comic. Okay. And then she was like, this is over. Broke my heart, and I was like, oh my god, I know what I want. I want you. And I... (laughs) I made a mixtape and I fought to get her back. <laughs> you, did you really make a mixtape? Mix it's tape. so high fidelity. Oh, I made a mix. It was a mixed CD, but okay. it, it was. Uh, what songs? Uh, a lot of Coldplay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I cried when I went to deliver to her house. I lived. Uh, I lived near the Magic Castle. Okay. Okay. So I lived near the Magic Castle. So I was driving down off of Franklin onto La Brea, and I, I'm sobbing uncontrollably in my car. Because I need her back. I'm sobbing. I'm listening to the CD I just made her to go drive it to her house to drop it off so that she'll see it. Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's making me uncomfortable to think about it. And one of her friends was leaving her house as I pulled up. And I was like, I was a mess. I was a fucking mess. So, And then she took me back and I was like, I'm getting her pregnant as soon as possible. Just for insurance? Just insurance. Mm-hmm. And then how fast did you? No, not that fast. We ended up dating and being, being, finding out we were actually a really good couple. And, uh, and then we went to move in together. I moved in and uh, m- moved in. My dad, I bought a ring for her with the last bit of money I had. And not last. I, I didn't realize it was my last bit. It was about to be my last bit. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then we found out she was pregnant. And I was like... Fuck yeah! I was like, that's what I'm talking about. So then, uh, got her. We had got married, had a baby, and then had another one. And now we live in Valley Village, like a little family, like a little sweet family. And uh, she's a screenwriter. Has she written anything that I am um, no. that I would know? No. no. Okay. She wrote. She she was one of those. You know, it's like uh, me in in television. Like you probably don't know. You never probably never seen my show, but maybe you have or maybe you haven't but most people are like so wait you've been making pilots for the last 10 years how does that work and I'm like oh you get 10 grand and mm-hmm. you go in and you do some idea that you don't really marry to and you kind of just do your job and then they no one sees it and then you do another one because people know that you can do a good job doing it Right. so I, I made pilots for 10 years that's what I did was that frustrating though no I enjoyed it I love I loved getting a new idea and then having your first dinner with the producers and meeting your crew and having drinks yeah. with them. I love making fucking TV. I have so much fun with my crew now. Like I I get angry when people are like, "Oh, I'm moving on to a new project. I'm going to be supervising producer." I'm like, "What the fuck? We're a family." <laughs> right. Like you don't you fu- like that's why I'd love to do like a morning radio show cuz I I'm I'm I love the family sense of it. Like you guys get together and it's like we're a fucking team. Do you have siblings? Two sisters. They both mm-hmm. live out here. And do you get a, like? Did you have a good family yeah, growing up? Yeah, we had a great. We, my sisters, my wife, uh, my sisters, and I call each other Big Team. So like, because that's what my uncle used to call us. He go, "Come on, Big Team!" And we thought it was so funny. We started calling each other Big Team. Uh-huh. And my wife, I remember my wife after we'd been made, married a little bit. She was oh, it was the first Christmas, and she was like, "I don't think they're letting me in a Big Team." <laughs> oh. <laughs> and they weren't. They did not want to let her into Big Team. And why? Now, <clears throat> Um, it was too much change for them. Okay. There was a lot of change, and they were still young, and they were like, 
and like I was their leader, like, and uh, and all of a sudden now I'm married with a kid and and I'm like working all the time, and they're like, wait, we just moved out to L.A. What happened to Big Team? We all moved out to L.A. so we could party together and fuck and be the big 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 big, big team. And then <laughs> my they let my wife in. My wife's definitely. I would say she's ma- managing, operating manager of big team right now. That's so cute. Um, now, with your not liking to say no and not liking to confront things, back in your dating days, how yes. did that impact that? Like, um, how did your breakups go? Oh, that's really interesting. That's a really good question. Thank you. They did not go. Mm-hmm. So would, you did the fade out. Yep. That's what I, I suspected. Would, I would do a lot of the just treating the person like shit. Until they realized that they were better than me, and then I'd be like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I, I, the the last girl so I so a lot of <clears> passive aggressive <throat> sort of making things happen and then not admitting that that's what you're doing. Exactly. Okay. I did the last girl I dated, I w- before my wife, um, and I had I hooked up with a lot of girls in between that girl and my wife, but I, the girl I dated was a girl that was a producer on the X show, and I I fucked everything on the X show. I had sex with everyone I could. And I made it really unhealthy work environment. Like it was really – I was really young. I remember my first meeting with my manager after I got the show. He was like, don't shit where you eat. And I was like, what's that mean? He goes, don't have sex with anyone. <laughs> I, I was like, too late. And he goes, wait, you've only been here a week. I go, I know. So <clears throat> so I was dating her and I was and I was not happy. I was not happy. And, you know, the, the things that you have to talk about when you're working on the same project, you could talk about that for days and made our conversations very easy. But then when that went away, we didn't really have much to talk about. We didn't have much in common at all. And I realized that, and I wasn't happy. And I was like, I don't, I want to be single. And I was just miserable. I'd drink and then at night, and I'd just go to bed, and I'd wake up early, depressed, and I'd be fucking angry, and I'd try to avoid her. And treat, I was just being a bad person. And my buddy Croy called and said, you want to go to the yoga class at the Y over in, uh, on Vine, off of Vine? And I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. So I'd never gone to yoga before. I go to yoga. I have a great workout. I love it. I have such a great I need to try yoga because people who don't seem like yoga people, no offense because no, that's a compliment, yeah, no. uh, lately have been talking about it more and more. And I, maybe I just need to become one of them. you should, you got to try, try it. it. it cleared. It, it, it was a great workout. I sweat like crazy. And then at the end of yoga class, it's like your, your, your body seems to be flowing really good and you're laying in child's pose. And they're like – and they're like – never forget the guy goes – there's things in your life right now that you're not happy about. And just write uh, – not even like just stream – just comes right to my head. I go, this girl. <clears throat> and he goes, um, figure that thing out and focus on it. And I go, it's her. It's her. I'm, I want to be out of this relationship. And he goes, and realize that you can change that today by making the decision to change it now. And all of a sudden, clear as shit, I go, I can fucking break up with her. Like people do that. Like, you don't have to to treat people like shit until they leave you. You can – so I called her. I go, hey, what are you doing tonight? She goes, nothing. I go, let's go to dinner. And she's like, all right. I'm like, oh, "Oh, this is bad. Oh, yeah. I almost backed out of it. And then I was like, fuck it. I can change it. We went to dinner and I said, I'm not happy. I want to stop dating. She was like, okay. And I was like – and it was not as bad as I thought. And I was like, all right. And I broke up with her. And then all of a sudden, everything started like working better. Like I was – I, I started working out like crazy. I was I lost weight. I was doing all the things that I thought I wanted to do. I got to the other side of the fence where the grass was greener, and I was there. And I was like, I was like, this okay. So this is what when what people do. They hook up with attractive people, and then they realize that the attractive people kind of suck too. Like <laughs> like there's not like just because the girl's hotter, that means that she fucking is just as fucked up. And I did everything I wanted to do, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then I met my wife, but I was still in this like uh, I don't want to settle down. I don't want to break up with someone. Ultimately, is what I was thinking. But met my wife. And I literally fell in love. 
Do you have um, trouble communicating with your wife at all, or did you ever? Um, no, I'm I'm really good. I'm a really good communicator when it comes to problems and fighting. I'm a really good fighter. I taught her how to fight. Like I tell you, I tell you what's wrong with me, and then I'm like, and this is what I need to make me feel better. And then I do, I don't think we should yell. I don't think we should get mad. I think we should just talk it out. Um, and my wife is not that way. My wife is like bottled up. Bottled up. You could tell something's wrong, and then like a week later, she's like, "The fucking ice trays. Do not. You don't leave them in there. You take them out, and I'll fill them up." And you're like, "Whoa, this is about ice trays." Mm-hmm. I feel like Alan Iverson. We're talking about ice trays. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and then I told my wife, I go, "Just tell me when you want me to do something differently. Just tell me when you see that. You're not gonna hurt my feelings, and then I will do it differently. And if I don't keep doing it differently, then just break my balls, and I will do it until you we, you tell me to do it." Yeah, my wife. We have a really good relationship, I think. I mean, we were like, uh, I think it's really healthy. Because I get caught up in the I'm afraid if I say something, then I'll hurt the person's feelings or blah, blah, blah. And more and more, I'm learning how to just kind of get over all that craziness and just communicate. But it is a struggle for me. Yeah, I think here's what happened I was in really bad relationships in college. I was in one with a girl that was for five years, and then she slept with my best friend. And then, and I was cheating on her anyway. So it's like, what? Like I was, I was a fucking horrible person. But I was cheating on her. I was cheating on her with anyone I could. And then she did that to me, and I was like, how could you do that to me? I was, and mm-hmm. never owned up to the fact that I was cheating on her. I was just like, you're a horrible person. People don't do that to people. Oh my god, what a dick I am. <clears throat> and then the next girl was just, I just couldn't fight. And so I got out of that relationship with the next girl, and I moved to New York, start doing stand up. And I was like, I, I go, I. It's like the Charlie Sheen thing. I go, all right, there's a problem here, and I'm there for every problem. Clearly, it's me. Like, I, Charlie Sheen should realize at some point, maybe it's me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I, it is me. I, I need to fix this and get on with, and like, get, learn how to get healthy, learn how to not get angry and not yell and not want to punch a wall and not get dramatic and just tell people what I want. I was like, I'm not going to get in a relationship until I can do that. And I would date girls, and then it was like, you date a girl, and then she would. I remember this girl yelled at me one time, and I go, "Hold on, like, we're not allowed to do that." Who do you like? What the fuck? You think I'm your boyfriend? You can't just yell at me. And she was like, "Mad." She's like, "I'm this is how I tell you I'm mad." And I was like, "Why wouldn't you just tell me you're mad another way?" And I was like, "I was like, whoa, am I getting healthy?" And I, <laughs> I remember I made her walk home, to, uh, take the train from Brooklyn that to back to Brooklyn that night. I was like, "I'm not going to be around people that do that. I don't want to be treated like that." And then, and then I got healthy. I think relationship wise, I'm really good with relationships, and I can help people in relationships because it's relationships are fairly simple, but it's like friendships where it's fucked up for me. Why do you feel that way? Because I don't know. I guess I think that I can't be as honest as I should. I should be more honest, mm-hmm. but I. Can't. I wonder what it is that allows you to be honest in a relationship, but not so much in a friendship. Um, Do you define them differently? Well, obviously I, they're different, yeah, but yeah. I mean. Yeah. I I, th- I don't know. I've always had a hard time making friends. Because especially we're, we live in Hollywood. So I like, I like I have a hard time making friends with people even still. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I can't even, I can't even go into detail because I, uh, without, without exp- like spilling, like, okay, okay I'm just, oh, fuck I'll just say I'll just say because this sounds really creepy or weird or whatever. So like, <clears throat> sorry. So I've become um, pretty good friends with Joe Rogan, 
mm-hmm. um, from within a year. You know, we do I do his podcast and we do shows together out at the Ice House and and we text back and forth. And but I'm like, I, he texted me yesterday and texted me something and 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 then I was like, I rewrote the text like 19 times. <laughs> like I was like, I don't want to sound. I can actually relate to that. I don't want to sound needy. Mm-hmm. I want to just sound like cool. Like I want to sound normal, but then I can't. Like I. I'm sitting there going, I'm like, fuck it. I'm like, what am I doing? So I just reply to him exactly how I feel. And then he replies back well, how he feels. And I'm like, he's not doing this to me. Like, mm-hmm. he's not overthinking his text. I'm overthinking my text. Like, why am I doing that? Why am I? I'm like, because I, he knows me. He knows all my fucking flaws. I've, we've had really deep conversations with my flaws. And I'm like, why don't I just fucking share? Like, Ari Shafir is another guy that I've, like, that I've become... But I think you got it. It's like you got to go through something to become better friends. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. So like he, Ari, I, I'll rework texts to friends like over and over and over again because I don't want to say the wrong thing. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. want them to like me, and I don't feel yeah, safe. I guess that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you're afraid that they'll take it the wrong way. Whereas in uh, like with your wife, she knows you, yeah. so you don't feel like you have to define who you are with each bit of communication. Yeah, and and Maybe. the way the way this the social media is set up now, it's like your friendships are public. So and then podcasts have done this too. Podcasts have opened up this whole new avenue of people. It's almost like podcasts are the are the glossy star magazines <laughs> of 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 comedians because guys will come on and say something on 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 your podcast and then I'll hear it like like so I just said that so someone's gonna text Joe tweet Joe Joe did you hear what Bert said about you on on this podcast now it's already loaded because now Joe's gonna go Joe's gonna go wait what did, why, why was Bert talking about me why wouldn't he just tell me what he was thinking mm-hmm. and then now he's loaded so whatever he hears is gonna be through those rose colored glasses of like so it's like like I lost I've lost friendships through podcasts and it's like all these things and I'm like and, and other things but like uh but but it's like it's like everything is so loaded like I this is a perfect example I, I jokingly te- tweeted Dane um cook mm-hmm. and and Daniel Tosh, and I made a little joke about the two of them or whatever, and, and then Dane direct messaged me. He was like, don't fucking do that. Cause it, what was your tweet? It was, it was that I couldn't live tweet for my TV show, so I live, so I live tweeted that um, – I tweeted that Daniel Tosh was going to be live tweeting for me. Now, this is right when he did that rape joke. Oh, okay. I, I was in Alabama, so I couldn't see – that he had done a rape joke. I, I had no Yo, internet oh, it was connection. Just bad timing. You didn't know. Horrific timing. Horrific timing. <laughs> so I tweet that Daniel Tosh will be live tweeting for me in my show, and then all of a sudden my timeline's clocked up with rape things, and I'm like, whoa, what fucking happened? So now I'm like, okay, I don't. I'm not going to throw my friend Tosh under the bus. Mm-hmm. But what I'll do so, and I'm not want to delete it because then it looks guilty. Yeah. And I did it innocently. So then I just went, oh my gosh, guys. Turns out Dane read that ta- that tweet and he wants to live tweet for my show now. I go. Dane All right. who had made a he made a, a rape no, no, joke or after the after that. Oh, okay. but it wasn't. But it was just it was just bad timing for Daniel. Dane just I put Dane in to kind of get me out of the Daniel thing, mm-hmm. and then the internet just is filled with haters. So then everyone starts shitting on Dane. Like they have to pick one, like Dane or Dan, and and who are they going to like? And and then Dane just directs message me and he's like, man, don't do that to me. Like, I, like I was just trying to be funny and lighthearted, yeah. but Dane's like, now I'm getting a bunch of bullshit for nothing, for right. no reason at all. Just like, you mentioned yeah, it, like don't bring my name up in tweets because, you know, it fucking everything's loaded. And I was like, oh my god, I was like, whatever happened to this fucking world? Like, mm-hmm. like that, that my personality is so lighthearted and such a I like to fuck around all the time that like, 
that it's like I like I took a picture with this fat guy and I said uh, with not this fat guy I took this picture with this guy Roland who is overweight but he's a friend of mine and he works on Opie and Anthony and I took a picture with him on stage shirtless and then I told everyone in the crowd to take a picture and tweet it that I was with Anthony from Opie and Anthony who's not fat and Anthony fucking lit up he was like fuck that fuck I'm not like really? on Twitter but he was joking yeah, he okay. was joke tweeting but he was joke angering mm-hmm. but I was like oh my god like I got real nervous I was like cause I know I met Anthony and I'm like I hope he doesn't dislike me for this but then I'm like sitting in my bathroom going like oh my god should I text him should I reply to him should I call him I should call Roland let me text Roland like like I'm doing this fucking micromanaging mm-hmm. over a joke over me trying to be funny so I think that's where we're at with the you know that's like yeah. that's why it's hard to make friends I relate to that so much. It's exhausting being in our heads. Yeah. Is it not? It really is. I think that's why I withdraw from people to a degree. That's why, like, having a lot of people around me, it just creates too much to be inside my head. And yet, uh, we are back from vacation, uh, Ace Prod, or Corolla Digital. We were off for a week. And I really missed everyone that I work with. And now that I'm back, I'm like, I really do like people more than I think I do. Oh, fuck, Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just realized Ace Broadcasting is Adam Corolla Enterprises. Entertainment. Entertainment. Yeah, but oh, it's now called Corolla Digital. But it oh, was, yeah, but really? it was Ace Broadcasting. Yeah, but yes, that is what that is. That's so fucking interesting. Our business cards. Um, you have business cards. This is a do. real fucking business. It is. This is Con- well, okay, compared to where you podcast, perhaps yes. Compared to an actual business, no. Oh yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. In the podcast forum, <laughs> this me is up, a Gary, real. Am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah because Joe's is very like uh, very like homegrown. Very yeah, but it's I mean it's a huge network of like Death Squad fans, mm-hmm. but it's they are uh, very loyal. Oh, they're the fucking best. Death Squad? Maybe that's not the word I meant. No, what? I did mean loyal. <laughs> but I mean, okay. <laughs> I want them to like me. Okay. All you have to do, all you have to do is... So when, I mean when... loyal. I, I guess what I mean by that, here, here's the potential, uh, here's why I, said, I put it that way. They are loyal and it seems like they will fight someone that they feel like is perhaps not on their side or is a is saying something negative about a death squad podcast yes there was a guy this poor fucking guy is just a coaster enthusiast and he put a this, coaster enthusiast I, so bert the conqueror i did a lot of coasters okay did, and this guy was a coaster enthusiast and he had a fucking hair up his ass for me because my stats whatever stats i read in a red i'd read like I just say, because that's what my copy said, mm-hmm. were inaccurate on some shows, and he it made him fucking irate. And so he made this video. Like, I I don't know if you can find it. Not that I want you to show it because it's not interesting. I, but if you if you can find it, it's interesting to read the the lines below. So he basically called me out online and was like, Bert isn't a real coaster guy. I'm a real coaster guy. You know, and he kind of was being... Are we talking about, like, coasters that you put drinks on? No, no, no. Roller coasters. Oh! (laughs) That is a really weird... I really, really didn't understand what was going on, and I thought maybe you'd made coasters that you put your face on or something. No, no. So he's... Roller coasters. So he called me out in an aggressive manner. Like, he was very aggressive about it, trying to, like, diminish my uh, abilities. And, um... And, uh... I didn't even see it. I never even saw it. I just got an, I get an, a direct message or a, a tweet from this guy, uh, real cool, Bert, <laughs> from this guy who made it. I'm like, I, I don't even know who this guy is, but I see that. I never reply to uh, anything negative. I never I hate, do. I hate that 
a hater thinks instantly that you know exactly what they're talking about. Exactly. You're like, all I know is someone is unhappy with me, yeah, evidently. So, so I click and I said, I'm sorry, I don't know what I did. I apologize. And then he goes, you know exactly what you did. You sick death squad on me. And he goes, and I was like, I go, I'm, I, and then I direct message him. I'm like, I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he goes, well, I made a video all in good fun about you <laughs> and, or whatever he said. And then, and he goes, and your, and your cogs came after me. And I was like, cogs, what the fuck's a cog? Right. And he goes, cogs of the machine. That isn't your group. I go, no, they fucking death squad destroyed this guy. They, not only did they bait him, they troll him into chatting on the, the comment section on his YouTube page, they'd troll him in, but they'd use references that only people in Death Squad knew, and they literally blew up his views and just everyone just boo, like the thumbs down, thumbs down. And they called themselves the cogs of the machine. Mm-hmm. They're like, you don't fuck with the machine. Oh. Uh, we are the cogs of the machine and we will destroy you. And I was blown away. I was so proud of like, I've never had fans before, and I was like, the cogs of the machine? So I made, I made like a thousand cogs of the machine shirt. I was just going to give them away. It's like, fuck it. I love that. But Death Squad's insane. You go to – I was in Scotland and they'll text you and they're like, man, if you're in Scotland, let Death Squad Scotland meet up at a bar. And so you're like, all right. So then I go to a bar and there's a bunch of dudes, Death Squad, Death wow. Squad Scotland, and you're drinking with them. Like I'm going to Australia like, and I'll just – I'll hashtag Death Squad and then hashtag Australia and go, uh, I'd love to have beers with anyone from the Death Squad because I'm also a fan of Joe's podcast and a lot of the Death Squad podcasts. So I can – so I actually I go and I kind of talk about the podcast like just like a fan. How do I make them like me? Okay. Or does wanting them to like me make make it so they won't? In which no. case I shouldn't have no, they, shown they, that weakness. They'll like you. They'll like they're just regular dudes. They're just regular guys that like podcasts. They all like Corolla. They all like they all know who you are. I guarantee okay. you. Like they, it's well, the same. Put it out there. It's the same Death group. Squad, like me, please. When you post this podcast, just, I'm very confident. Just tweet on it, like uh, like just. Tweet something hashtag Death Squad. Okay. Something ironic or, or funny hashtag Death Squad. Is Olive Garden something with oh. them? Is that one of their terms? Because I've seen that. <laughs> yes, Olive Garden is one of the things. Oh yeah, Olive Garden. <laughs> yes, they they uh, <laughs> they're big fans of Olive Garden. There's I can get behind that. Just just tweet like Joe. Go like. Like Joe's tweets are fucked. Joe's tweets are the vernacular that is in that has been acquired by Death Squad fans. So I'll just do powerful Olive Garden. <laughs> powerful Bert Kreischer. You, I, call, I'm, <laughs> this is so fucking surreal to talk about. So 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 like when Joe, whenever Joe calls me, he'll just go powerful Bert Kreischer, <laughs> and so and so I'll go I'll go hey Joe. <laughs> That's how you start talking to him. So whenever you do his podcast, he's like, powerful Burt Kreischer's here. Powerful Burt Kreischer. <laughs> it started because some woman said it to me one time. It, Joe said it so much. And this old woman said it to me at a fucking show. She, I told a joke. She goes, powerful Burt Kreischer. <laughs> and I told Joe. And, and then now that becomes like powerful and like savages. Like if you just tweet, listen, you savages. Mm-hmm. Listen, you death squad savages. I have powerful Burt Kreischer in studio. <laughs> I'll retweet it and they'll fucking love you. They'll be like, they'll be like, powerful. Powerful. <laughs> Powerful Rosen. <laughs> Remember this, Gary. That's our tweet. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're oh, a good group of guys. I'm gonna take a photo of you while you're talking. Oh yeah, definitely. Then I can Instagram that. Um, and uh, and I was hoping to also be saying something that was interesting at the same time, but it seems like that's not happening. Okay. I think that's good. Let's see. Did here. it work? <laughs> yes, it did. Um, Gary, do we have time to do just me or everyone? 
Okay, let's do that. Okay. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Brosif Coast says, when someone asks me how are you, I always say well, no matter how I really feel, just me or everyone. I... Um, I relate to that, but then because I feel this compulsion to be honest, I actually say too much usually when someone says, how are you? I mean, either I'm very aware that it's just a conversational thing or if like if it's um, if it's my mom, let's say, I-, I find myself kind of unable to just say, well, I tend to just spill everything. Yeah. And I mean, that's a boundary thing. Like I wish I could just say it'd be better for me if I didn't always have to to stop and be t- so honest. Yeah. It'd be better I, for me and other people. And and the, how you say how you are to someone is the representation of you for the day. So, like, I noticed that I to was To them or to, to you? To them. And, mm-hmm. it, and, it, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. If you say it out loud, it's also coming back to you. Like, I used to say always, people go, how are you doing? I go, tired. I was just going to say that. I, I say did tired. that when I was, um, like, I don't know, a teenager because I thought it was more interesting yeah. than well. <laughs> It's more yeah. interesting than having a positive response. And then I had to stop and think, it's not. Yeah. It actually just makes you kind of like whiny. Yeah, tired. And they're like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like, uh, why are you bringing this up? Right. I didn't, I didn't ask. Like, yeah, it, like, it didn't create a compelling follow-up. And then, and then, And then I started noticing that, I, especially my daughter's school, my daughter's school, that um, that I, Leah, my wife brought this up. She's like, you know, don't ever complain to anybody because you really have the life of fucking Riley. Like, you travel the world. And just vacation for a living. You do stand up. You don't really have any responsibilities. I do everything for you. So when one of the parents says how you're doing, they're actually kind of wanting to hear awesome. Like Mm. I'm doing great. I'm very lucky. That is kind of a – my friend has pointed this out, uh, though I uh, should have been aware of it before, which is that something – when entertainers – complain there's not a lot of sympathy for that except what else are we going to do on podcasts (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i think that so do you do you say to them i think that's just you uh i think i think it's not just him it's just also not us okay yeah um jovial jackie says i always sign both the customer and merchant copies of restaurant receipts just me or everyone (laughs) I okay. First of all, I usually am. Conf- I usually sign the wrong one. That's me. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> and then with the one that I'm going to keep, I actually occasionally I will write in the amount and then I'll put it in my pocket and I'll think in case I ever do my accounting. But I never ever. I've never ever ever taken that receipt and done anything with it. I've never. I've never done my accounting. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I don't know why I do that. I don't sign them both. I just I do unless I'm I sign the wrong one. Then I'm like motherfucker. Yeah. Well, that was a good practice. Okay. Uh, let's see. Philistration says, just me or everyone, I sometimes put headphones on without music playing just to keep from being interrupted at work. Oh, yeah. I think that's everyone. I, I, don't, have a, I don't have a work, but I do that on planes. Mm-hmm. I'll throw, but I'll throw in music also. Why not? But right. I, even, even when the music's not playing, sometimes I'll just leave the headphones on so people don't bother me. Just, yeah, I think that's everyone. When I lived in New York, sometimes I would actually, if I felt like I'm walking into a place where I'm going to run into someone I don't want to talk to, I would actually take my phone out and hold it up to my ear and pretend to be on a conversation. I've done that. Yeah. I had a friend who used to sell everyone. She didn't like talking to people at parties, but she liked being at parties. <laughs> so she would tell everyone she was a – she was a, she, she was like, what I found is that if I just tell people I'm a banker, they don't want to talk to me. Oh, that's interesting. They'd be like, what are you doing? She was like, I'm a banker. And they'd be like, oh. And it was like a showstopper. Yeah. And I was like, you should say abortion doctor. No one's going to talk to you then. 
What do you do? I'm an abortion doctor. Okay. Yeah. People might hurt you, though. But apparently I don't think there is actually such a thing as an abortion doctor. I don't think you can specialize in that. I don't think. There's no one in med school (laughs) thinking, well, I want to work with kids. I'm in neo, 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 natal (laughs) care. But it's not care. Um, Okay. Let's see. I like comics, says... Gary is shaking his head at me. Okay. Uh, make sure the garage door closes completely just in case a murderer rolls under before it goes all the way down. You do that? Uh, I don't have a garage door, but I am that kind of person. Mm-hmm. I would never just press it and hope that – just roll away, hope that that, that, right. made that happened. And now I won't either. Oh, Although, dude, I'm so terrified of fucking that kind of – Assault, like just a murder coming into your house. Yeah, actually, my car, my car was in the garage, and the car, my car alarm went off, which I looked it up. That can happen sometimes. Yeah. But in the back of my head, for ever since then, I've been like, what? What in my garage could have set off the alarm? Was yeah. there a person? Was there an animal? Was there a? I mean, obviously there wasn't, or I would have seen it. That's but. why I got a bull mastiff because mm. I was like, I'm never fucking. I'm this dog's a beast. She is like really protective of the house. That's my dream. My dream one day is to have a big enough dog that I could think this dog will make me feel more safe. But instead, I'm just going to get dog, a little dog. If you met my dog, you'd you'd be like, this is exactly the dog I'm looking for. Loves women, is never trustful of men. Like any man that rolls through, she's like, I don't know about this guy. What's your dog's name? Priscilla. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, do you ever travel with your dog? No, okay. she's too big. Because Adam. Corolla always talks about how annoyed he is with people who bring their dogs places because it's like if he's on a plane, like, I don't want your dog. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And I think, hmm, he's not going to like when I get the little dog that I want to have <laughs> yes. and it comes with me some places. Yeah. Because I'm okay with that if it's mine. Okay. Maddie Ma <laughs> says, I always turn my music off when I'm trying to parallel park and it never seems to help. Yes, I do that. <laughs> I can't have sound. Or I can't have, like, anything in my ear uh, when I'm trying to park because I feel like somehow it's going to distract me or make it worse. That, yeah, I don't. I, I don't. You don't? I don't. I you just, must be a confident parker. I'm a really good parallel parker. Mm-hmm. I just murdered one out there that I was like, fuck, yeah. Can you go to either side? Like, if you're on a one-way street, can you parallel park to the left? Who? I've never done that. I've done it successfully once and, un- and and a number of times I've just thought I'm just going to keep driving because this scares me. I've never done that. I've never – what are the odds that I've and, never done but it, that? It, you'd think that it's actually easier. Didn't it you should spend be- any time on Balboa as a kid? Not, um, not parking to the left. I did actually. Actually, my mom made a rule when I turned 16 that I could not drive on Balboa Island or the freeways or with music. <laughs> and I totally disobeyed her and I totally <laughs> drove on the island. But I don't think I parked there. Interesting. That's a great place to get good at it. Okay. I, yeah, I, I don't enjoy the parallel parking. All right. Um, Brosif Coast. Another one from him. Whenever there's a mirror present, I look at myself. Just me. I do that too. And it's not because I'm like, hello, gorgeous. It's more, what's going on? Is there anything weird on my face? Is my yeah. hair okay? I, I always look at a mirror. I have a buddy not, that not only looks at a mirror, but he does his a pose. Oh, like, the mirror face? <laughs> He always puts his lip, his tongue in between his lip and his teeth like he's a dip in. Huh. I don't know why. I wonder why. what that is. I don't, he always does that. I'm doing it now and no is one can see Is he aware that he does that? Oh, yeah. I've called him on a million times. Maybe he, he was the guy. He was tough. the guy that, was, that Burt Bagley and I were friends with. Oh, Hobie? Uh, o- Obi. 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 Yeah. He changed, he's, a, he's an actor now. He changed his name to Jasket Obiels. 
Jasket Obeals? <laughs> I thought it was Because OB was too common? I thought fucking it was ridiculous. You don't All think right. he got murdered for that? Jasket Obeals. Yeah. Wow. He's in a lot of fucking movies. I guarantee you people oh. have seen him in movies. But I'll have to IMDb him. I think, I think he's got another. I think he changed his name again maybe. And now he's. I know. I think it's still Jasket O'Beals. Okay. Jasket O'Brien. J- J- I don't know. Hal Grande. Am I the only one that thinks I'll live to the age equal to the change in my pocket at any given time? I, that one I've never done. But Bert is now checking his pockets to see. No, I don't have any money. Uh, I would only live to the age of Barrett right now. I have a little hair clip in my pocket. I'd live to the age of Fitbit. I have a Fitbit. I'm fucking obsessed. Don't get me started. I will talk. I will talk about it for fucking forty five. Do you minutes. turn it on? Do you do the whole like having it? I monitor your sleep thing? I stopped because I was like 98% efficient in my sleep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I don't need to fucking do this. Yeah. And I know when I sleep bad, it's when I drink. So, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm really good. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, Leaf Eater says, just me or everyone, click the lock button on their keyless entry for their car numerous times. Yes. after like uh, this, I do the same thing with when I'm pressing the crosswalk thing. Like, yeah. I've got to do it like 45 times or something. I That's bang it out. I bang it up. Boop, 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 yeah. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. My wife Did does it, it once. Do I have to make it honk again? Did it honk? I'm going to make it honk again. Yeah. Now I'm an asshole. That's what I do. <laughs> All right. And the last one, Dan the Dodge. Every time the muscle in my thigh twitches, I assume it's my phone on silent. Yes. I w- and who – was it Jeff who worked here who was saying that too? I, I forget. But yeah, I'll, I'll feel a vibration in my leg or something and I will think that it's my phone even though I don't keep my phone in my pocket. But yeah, and then I realize my phone is nowhere on me. Why am I vibrating? I, I – I think it's my phone when I have gas sometimes. And my stomach will grumble. Oh, yeah. I'll go, ooh, is my phone? I'm like, no, I have gas. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Bert, thank you so much. This Allison, has been delightful. This has delightful. been so much fun. I can't even tell you. Glad you didn't listen to your daughter. I know. <laughs> and happy belated birthday to your wife. We're, and yeah. happy impending birthday to you. And um, what should you plug so that people can find you? When will this go on? Uh, in a week or two. A yes, week Gary. or two. Yeah. I'll be probably at the Irvine Improv in two weeks. Suddenly I forget what date, what the date is. <clears throat> um, I, You know what? I'll tell you what. Just go on my Twitter. Okay. Which I'm is at Burt Kreischer. At Burt Kreischer. B-E-R-T. Yeah. And uh, go to – I guess that's it. Go to my website. It's BurtBurtBurt.com. Burt, Burt, Burt. Yeah. And Why? Because uh, – because one Bert would be silly. Because I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. Because I thought that it would be like Torah, Torah, Torah. You know? I love Bert, when you think. Okay, Bert. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. So I've got Bert, Bert, Bert to come. But yeah. And if you want, um, I, 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 mean, I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. But I, I will be tweeting when we're casting. Casting is the wrong word, but it's the only word I, I'm used to using. But we'll be finding our next tourist for our next trip flips. Mm. And we'll be doing it out of uh, L.A. Oh, cool. So if you would like to go on the trip of a vacation of a lifetime, it is happening shortly, like in a couple, in a few weeks, in like three weeks or whatever. Gary wants to go. Uh, It's super (laughs) easy. I will be in a public place. I'll tell you where I'm going to be, and I will just ask you if you want to go on vacation – and and uh, you know we'll talk and hang out for a couple minutes on camera and talk and I'll kind of interview you and find out what kind of person you are and like yeah, how do you choose kind of, now I want to go to um, you find out if they're adventurous if they're like because you know I already yeah, know I'm what already we're out. doing in said trips so I know what I'm what I need people to be able to do do you have any that would be suitable to me I like to just hang out uh, and drink no, coffee sometimes no <laughs> no we've uh, no we've got a 
beast of a schedule. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be like, do you have an adventurous palette? Do you like sports? Because I'll know, like, do you like NASCAR? Do you like country music? And then you find, you kind of hash it out, and then you find out who's into what kind of things. And then if everyone signs off, then we put them into that show in said place, and we tell them, you know, well, pack your bags. You're going to Tasmania. So. That sounds neat. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, usually. I don't want to end the show on me saying something sounds neat. But uh, I really meant it. Do you want to sing a song together? Oh, what song? I don't know. I don't know. What, I, I don't do you know normally what song, sing. Do you know what song show? gets stuck in my head all the time? What um, is uh, when I, I, had a, I had like a month in college where this song was stuck in my head every day. Um, it's a hard knock life for, for us. It's, it's a hard, hard knock, knock life for us. Instead of kisses, we get kicks. Instead of kisses, we get something. It's a hard knock life. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. I feel like if we're not careful, we're going to end up on Broadway. And, uh, well, Gary loves musicals. Did that tickle your fancy? That was excellent. Thank you. All right. The listeners say, I want to say thank you for listening. I love you guys. Um, hey, and if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, you may as well click the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com, because it'll cost the same to you, and that will help out the show. Okay. I love you guys, and thank you again, Bert. And you're, next thing you know, you're going to be Hardcore Death Squad. I, that's what I want. You're going to be hardcore Death Squad. A powerful Olive Garden, Savage, <laughs> Death Squad. Praise Odin. Praise Odin. Indica. Indica. I love you guys. Bye. <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? Digital.